What's up, Internet? My name's Nerdy. And I'm Clarouse. And this is a pre-taped, we are not live, full book recap for The Path of Daggers, The Wheel of Time, book eight. Yes. Yes. It feels weird, because normally we do these immediately after we finish the book, but because of traveling and reasons and all that fun stuff, you're getting it now. Yeah, we're yeah. at Game of Thrones Con right now, and you're watching this. Yeah, I mean, we're not or at the con. you're watching this later, whenever you want to, because, you know, internet. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how this works. It lives forever. That is right. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a first for the nerdy, the wordy, the book club. Mm -hmm. We are doing a pre-tape. And we have your questions from the Discord. We're going to read them. We're going to answer them. And we're going to do a little bit of therapy about our feelings about <laughs> the path of daggers. Yeah, That yeah. feels fair to say, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, we usually start off by saying, you know, like, how would you feel about the book? Mm -hmm. um, which I feel like you guys already know. I think we both enjoyed the first half. Yes. Yeah, some really great stuff in that. And then the second half was a bit rough um, <laughs> in terms of not a lot happening, right? And mm -hmm. and feel it feeling a little um, slow and a little bit disorganized in that sense. And also thematically having some tougher things to talk about. So Yeah, I, if you've been in the comments of the last uh, book club or mm -hmm. if you've been in the Discord channel talking about it, there's been a lot of discussion about some of the opinions that I had last week, about some of the opinions you had, mostly about the opinions I had, and maybe that's mostly about the way that I introduced them to the conversation, which I think is totally fair criticism. I want to start off by saying that. I am not an infallible person, and when we're doing these things live off the cuff, you know, sometimes you say things that are more extreme or... Um, not worded in the way that you want to. Yeah, it's easier to make definitive comments yeah, yeah, um, yeah. as opposed to nuanced comments, right? And, you know, we do strive for the more nuanced stuff, mm -hmm. but we're, we're not always the best at that, and we, we acknowledge it. <laughs> um, but but I, I really do stand by the idea of what I think that I was saying and what I think that some people have construed in the way that they've construed it. Um, and, and the fact that it is open for people to construe it the way that they've construed it is on me. That means that I wasn't clear enough. Um, but in my opinion, uh, a lot of people have been saying, what, you don't want people to write about bad things, right? You don't want people to write about right. rape. You don't want people to write about slavery. It is not that I don't want people to address those things in writing. It is my opinion that if you are going to do it, it has to be with purpose. Yeah. And I think that where Path of Daggers has become... The, this like decline in my opinion in terms of the Wheel of Time. Because here, look, we're in book nine. I still think like Shadow Rising, Dragon Reborn, um, Lord of Chaos, the three best, right? Those are the three best books in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I would put those three books against any sci-fi book from any franchise. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're S tier, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it isn't a matter of like, oh, I don't like Wheel of Time anymore. I still love this franchise. Yeah. Because it has some of the best fantasy books. I think I said sci-fi, but... I, you didn't say it's fine. No, it doesn't matter. It has some of the best fantasy books ever written in it. Yeah. I also think that the books that we're reading right now aren't good. I don't think Path of Daggers is a good book on its own. Yeah. And I don't think that, you know, obviously we're in Winter's Heart at this point. I don't think that's a good book. That is just how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, the reason for that is not 
And it gets into why I think the beginning of Path of Daggers is so fun and the second half doesn't work for me mm-hmm. is that the beginning of Path of Daggers has like this goal that our characters are working towards. It feels like a push. Like it is pushing towards yeah. something and things happen. <laughs> yeah, it's in motion. Yeah. And then in the second half and going into Winter's Heart, it really feels like a lot of the criticisms that we did have of earlier books mm-hmm. of um, the Nine Even Elaine plot from Fires of Heaven, mm-hmm. of the lack of Perrin from that whole book that he's missing from is that the book doesn't feel like we're really driving towards anything. It just sort of feels stalled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is where a lot of those feelings come from. And I I hope that we get the car back in gear. That, yeah. That's just, that's where I'm at right now. Is I, I just, I need the car to get back in gear so that I understand why we're reading about awful things. Yeah. Rather than just, oh, just awful things, right? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, like yeah. there's no point reading about it or, or in my opinion... I don't think there's a point writing about it unless you have something to say, right? Yeah. Just having it there, anybody can do that. And I think that it does a disservice to Robert Jordan to believe that it's there without purpose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, fair. Like, you know, I, I think he's very intelligent, very talented. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot that he does really, really well. Um, and... Um, when you are good at things, people hold you to higher standards, and I have a standard that I expect from yeah. Robert Jordan and, and how this is going to unfold, um, and I don't think that that's unfair. It is really tough to compare these books to other books that he's written, because mm. he's he, he's done it so well, that when you're, when you see him, and his, his, his verbiage, like his language, is, his mastery of the language is still there. Yeah, for sure. But it's like the first six books had an outline. And then they stopped having an outline. Mm-hmm. And that I think that that's what I'm responding to most. On top of the fact that yeah. they've gotten more violent and, 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 and have leaned further and further into more um, shocking things. Yeah. The, the, the convergence of less relevant plot and more shocking things at the same time mm-hmm. has led to me to compare these books less favorably to his earlier stuff that I think is so good. Because a lot of people have brought up like, well, you don't want him to like talk about slavery in this book. And I'm like, no, it's not that. I want it to be like in book two with what happened to Egwene, which was still horrifying, but where I felt like it was about something. And I felt the drive of it. And like, it's why we didn't complain about in book two the way that we have been lately. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry to start this book club off by talking about that, but I did want to address it because there have been a lot of comments about it. It's important. Yeah. And there, there, you know, there was also some discourse that, um, I don't know if this was actual fact, but there are some people that believe that the, these books should have, were supposed to be one book and was like split up. Um, I think that some people wanted them to be one book. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought no, the, I had the read that some the f- comments that originally it was one book and it needed to be broken up for some reason. That's the but... fine. That's Brandon Sanderson's books. Oh, I thought, uh, at least in the live, I did see comments about that regarding these books. Okay. Like I said, I, as, to not, as to whether or not that's true, I, I don't know. But I definitely feel like they, you know, definitely could have been. But, um... Yeah, we got a recap for you guys. Before we get into your questions, let's just briefly say that this podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is a service that allows you to listen to books instead Mm -hmm. of reading them in case your poor little eyes get tired. You got some tired eyes? so, so tired. Have you been recording with this bright light in your eyes for a few hours? Audible is the way to not have to read anymore and to listen. Yes. Because some people, this guy, needs to do more listening than he currently does. (laughs) Hey, you know what? I think that's a good lesson for all of us. 
<laughs> audibletrial.com slash nerdy nightly is the place to go for that. Uh, but having said that, let's get into your questions. Starting, of course, with the first one. <laughs> uh, no, or we get start at the end. I no, guess it's let's, whatever let's start you're from feeling. the beginning. Bisocan asks, which male channeler is most likely to go noticeably mad next? Like full mad, I'm assuming? Yeah. Which is still a good Path of Daggers question because we haven't seen anyone go mad since Path of Daggers, so. Um, Some of these questions we are answering having read the first half of Winter's Heart, which yes. does a, a change a little bit of yeah, it, yeah. right? Yeah, but. I feel like that's good to say. So we're <laughs> completely candid about where we are. Yeah, we have read half the book. Yeah. Um, Those episodes are already up. So if you want our thoughts on the first half of Winter's Heart, go read them. I guess that depends on whether or not you think Mazrum Tame is already mad. I don't think Mazrum Tame ever goes noticeably mad anymore. Ever? No, because I think he has permission from the Dark One. I don't think he feels the taint at all. I'm full on the Mazrum Tame is evil train now. You And you convinced me when you told me that... Because I didn't realize that it was all of Rand's friends who were on the traitor's tree. I just... I, I don't know how I didn't put that together. It was just weird to me because I was like, oh yeah, there's new people on the traitor's tree, the people who betrayed him. But then it was the three people that Rand... That that he knew that he could trust. And yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, this is very suspicious. And um, so I think that that's how Azram Tame is as old as he is without any signs of madness. I think that he's been Dark Friend all along. Mm -hmm. The freaking Dark One was like, let the Lord of Chaos rule. And then the the reason he said that was because he needed to install Mazram Tame in the Black Tower. And so the reason Mazram Tame is so good at running the Black Tower, because I've been like, how are there so many already? How do you, how did you find all these people? It's because he had a network of dark friends helping well, him. Well, and he, and it benefits the Dark One yeah. if the Black Tower goes, if the people there go mad. Like the more mad people who are ripping the world apart, the the better it is for the Dark One. Not right? even not even just ripping the world apart. Just having male channelers who can fight, who believe in the Mahail, or Mahail, or however it's pronounced. And it's Mazrum Tame, right? Yeah. Mazrum Tame was like, do you want to come um, get these people's loyalty? And Rand was like, no. And Mazrum Tame was like, good. Yeah. The dark one will be pleased. That's a tough question because I don't really think it's Tame and I don't think it's Loghain. And it's Rand. It's, it's Rand, <laughs> yes. Do you think that Rand goes fully mad and then they're able to cure the taint? Like he like feels the full madness for a moment? Like he sees Luce Theron in front of him as he's trying to cure it? Oh, um... Like, he might, like, fully touch the madness and then, it, like, while he's curing it. That would be really interesting. I would love to see, like, I would love to see some of the guys be truly mad before, if, if it's cured, which I, I still don't think is going to happen. But if it's cured, um, I would love to see some of the guys go fully mad and then get, like, snapped back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes Rabbit. He oh, choked. maybe He's like, so mad, but he won't give up that easy. It's all right. Uh, maybe like Ner Narishma, Narishima. I can't remember. Um, is Narishma alive? Wasn't he one of the ones that's on the tree now? He's on, his name is on the traitor's tree or whatever it is, but he's not there. Like, he's right, not right, dead. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, maybe one of them goes mad and Rand is like, I can save you. What about the healer dude? Um, oh, the guy who's really good at healing. Darigan? It starts with a D-A. I, it would be interesting if he, like, went mad from power, being like, I can heal all the ladies. And then he gets, he, like, may, maybe he starts, like, mucking about the Aiel camps. And then Rand heals him, and he's like, so sorry. I can't say that ending well, though. That's just, it's going to be sad. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because the only way to show male that, a channeler, like, madness is through violence. You know what I mean? Well, no. Um, kind of. Flynn... Flynn was I still like don't, a child. I still don't understand that at all. What do you mean? I don't understand how he became... I, I like, 
he yeah i it, it felt like he like hit his head really hard not that he became mad i mean they're kind of like similar like if i okay if we like got into our hotel room mm-hmm. and i started making a, a fort out of like the suitcases and like singing nursery rhymes you'd look at me and you'd be like we need to take you to a hospital. Yeah, for like a physical injury. Like that, that, it, I, it was just, it was so weird to me because it was so different. It's still, and we've already had I this guess. conversation, but yeah. <laughs> it was so different from how madness has been portrayed at any other point in the series. Mm-hmm. Like not, Rand has never like suddenly behaved like a child. You know what I mean? And so it was just this very strange moment where we've seen male channeler madness go the same way every time. Except for him who was different. And maybe just because well, he was younger. Maybe because he started training younger. Like, there's any reason why. It just stood out to me in that in that moment reading it. I was like, did he fall down the stairs and hit his head? Well, the other thing as well is that uh, Tame has had to, like, get rid of a lot of people who have gone mad, right? And some of them weren't violent. Some of them were, like, hallucinating and seeing things, right? And so I think that it mm-hmm. kind of demonstrates that, yeah, like... Violence is kind of the easy one to go to, and that's why it's dangerous. So we yeah. emphasize the ones who go mad violently, but that's not always the case because it's all dependent on the the person themselves. Oh no, no, I'm I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm mm-hmm. saying that like it was. I found it confusing. Mm-hmm. It just took me. It took me a lot longer to understand what was going on in that scene than I thought it was. Than I. Then I, I just didn't understand what was happening. Yeah. I was reading it, being like, "Why is he acting like a child? Like, yeah, did yeah. someone cast a spell on him? Like, or, or sorry, channel a weave at him? Like, I, I, I didn't go to madness because I, I just don't think of reverting to childhood as madness. Does that make sense? Mm, okay, yeah. Like, if someone became a child in front of my own, be like, he's mad. I'd be like, oh wow, you like, yeah, neurological trauma. Yeah. Um. All right, the croaker. Croker asks, what do you think Soralia and Cad Swain, aka the worst, will do? I didn't add that. They they wrote that in their question. I want to make that very clear. Uh, will do in their attempts to help Rand. Um, well, I hope they stop knitting at some point and help Rand. That would be great. Wow. Uh wow. I don't know, because the whole like kidnapping thing is 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 a little strange to me. I, I you know, kidnapping I, thing. Yeah, she's got the like windfinder oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the noble. But here's the thing: we know that that noble is already like Ilil. She's like already like a little sus. So or a lesbian. She's either suspicious or she's a lesbian. <laughs> I know, and that's why it's so weird. Um, I still stand by that. Catswain is gonna help cleanse the taint somehow. That is my bold prediction, and I'm sticking to it. Um, so that's how I think that she's going to help out. And I do think that Kat Swain and Soralia, their conversation about, like, teaching Rand to, like, be human again. Um. Ah, human again. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, feel things. Is that, I don't think that's in the movie, right? I think human Human again is only in the Oh, it's only in the musical. No, you're right. So very few people are going to understand what uh, I, I just referenced. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know how. But yeah. I I honestly don't think Soralia will be that important. How dare. Ultimately, like I, I have a feeling that she's going to be important in that the Aiel Wise Ones as a block will be a part of the story. I just uh, Soralia doesn't strike me as stepping out of the role that she's been in in the series thus far, which is just sort of represent being a voice for the um 
wise women in general, or no, the wise ones, because yeah. the wise women are a different thing. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I don't know. I, I don't think that Sorley will do anything in particular. I think that the wise ones as a group might, uh, but I do think Cat Swain, I, I think that they're building up Cat Swain to do something. I'm just, I'm really hotly anticipating what that is. Because, you know, I, I joke about Sorley being the worst, and... You joke about Cat Swain being the worst? Or sorry, sorry about Cat Swain. I don't think Sorley is the worst, uh, except for what she did to Min, which I still think is unconscionable. Um, yeah, why? Like... But I, I, I do... I do want to understand Cad Swain better through her actions. Because mm-hmm. right now, all we have are words. Yeah. Yeah, I think Cad Swain is built up to, being built up to do something. But right now, the perspective that we're getting on her isn't helping me understand what her purpose in the story is. Mm-hmm. Other than to be the oldest Aes Sedai, which is interesting. Like, that's, that's a cool character to introduce. Yeah. I feel like she has been introduced long enough that I she should have done something by now. Mm-hmm. And being a pain in the ass isn't plot to me. I love that she has, like, angrels in her hair. <laughs> like, that is that, yeah. that is super interesting to me. Um, but I, in super t- cool. In terms of, like, what actually is going to happen, I'll be quite honest. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. And part of that is that she's in Kyrian where nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I don't mean that nothing, it's there, there might be something behind the scenes that we don't know about or some like snippet of dark friend conversation that we missed. Mm-hmm. But for every per, every character that isn't Catswain and Sorlia is not headed towards her. Mm-hmm. Right? I just really hope that like Sorlia and Catswain don't get this like backwards idea of like, hurting or like pretending to hurt someone that Rand loves to make him like feel emotional what what what, what? you know how people like uh well it's like it's like a dumb trope right like to get people who are kind of like cut off to like feel and like understand their emotions like some people think that traumatizing them is a good idea and I just hope that that's not the direction that it's going in. I can't imagine. I think Ked Swain was upset enough with the trauma of what Aleda did yeah. to know to not. That would be like, you mean like them put like men in danger to like. Or pretend to. Yeah, yeah I just, yeah, yeah. I just really hope that that's not, that would be, that would be really silly, I think. <laughs> I agree. I, that would be really silly. I don't yeah. see that happening. Just no. because it hasn't been brought up at all, but. Yeah, no, me neither. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I don't know. They, they feel kind of like they're being mentioned that they're in Kyrian to be like, remember these characters for when everybody else gets back to this. Yeah. But they just, they don't have any motivation right now. They don't have any desires. Like Katsuin wants to help Rand beat the Dark One, which is a great, that's a, that's a big, cool plot to have. But there's no, um, there's nothing else there. Like there, there's no, yeah. there's no immediate thing for her to do. There's no... I'm going to implement these steps to get there. She's just the kind of generally like, I want to help. Yeah. The only clue that we have is that she has seen more male channelers go mad than any, or yeah, than anybody else, and, which is why I think it has something to do with the taint and the madness. But that's that's all, all only clue that I can think of. Which would be interesting. Yeah. If there was a trend to it, but there isn't. So like her having seen more people go mad than anyone else is not beneficial to my in being interested in her. Because we have set up that the madness is random. 
And so there's Unless no... Unless it isn't. And that's why... Like, here's the thing, because Tame also kind of alludes to the fact that it isn't random. Well, how do you think I've managed to survive this long without going mad? Like, that's him being like, I'm evil. No, I know that, but... But if Nori, if Nori can become... Not Nori. That's the banker. Who's the who's the guy that became childish? Finn. Like if Finn can go from zero to a hundred percent baby madness over the course of an hour, and Loghain can hold it off for twenty years, and Rand can be inconsistently levels of mad over the course of these books, and you know what I mean? Like there, we have not been presented the madness as like a scale. Mm. It's it. I, there's a version of these books where madness is introduced early on as like the five stages of grief, right? And there's the like five things that you watch out for in people to see if a male channel is going mad. In this BuzzFeed video, yeah, yeah. five things to... But, but a lot of series do that, right? Where like they will, they will introduce the audience to what the potential path to madness is mm -hmm. so that we have something to be looking for in interactions with that character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Robert Jordan has taken the approach of the madness is random, mm -hmm. to us at least. And maybe there is some method to the madness, but literally. Um, the It is at this point, from all our knowledge, entirely random how quickly you go mad, what kind of madness overtakes you, what, what the different elements of it are. And so in that kind of storytelling, it becomes less interesting to try and track madness because there's no warning signs. If Cat Swain had been like, Rand, these are the warning signs that I'm going to be looking for in you. And and like, obviously that's very direct. But I'm just saying, if that concept was introduced in some way, yeah. there would be something for us to be like, ooh, what is what is she, what is she saying in this scene? What well, is she saying in this scene? She does like, it's not there. bring up the like, speaking to people. Like the like, do you think he's real? Or something like that. Mm -hmm. So like, she knows more than she's giving up. But like, I just wish that we had something else to go off of because right now yeah it just seems a little nebulous so sure but i, I but rand has been speaking to loose theron for well over a year at this well, point. well and that's the thing is like is that the first sign or is that like the fifth stage of grief right. you know like yeah, yeah yeah um all right next question is going to oh i lost where we were that's oh, not good <laughs> uh ashan a says what jordanisms do you think brandon sanderson should keep and which should be abandoned entirely how far would you go to improve the writing style while still keeping the soul of the series intact? This is a really interesting question. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good question. I would not improve the writing style. I would, well, that's not true. I would, would, I would go back in time and mm -hmm. I would say, Robert Jordan, the way that you write is remarkable. Yeah. Please understand that in book nine, the information that you have put in books one through eight the audience is aware of, and you don't need to repeat it. The only yeah. thing about his writing that I don't like from a, like, writing standpoint mm -hmm. is that he's like, this is what this dress looks like. And I'm like, I I know what, I, you can just say cat and sore at this point. It's, we're over two and a half million words into this series. <laughs> I, you can just say cat and sore in book nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that would be the only in, in terms of the, his words. Yes, use, yes, right? for sure. I, I agree 100%. I think that how Robert Jordan writes 99% of the time and his way with words is just, um, it's incredible. I, I love reading it. I love the, like, I, I love that you can feel that it's his. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? You know, there are authors. You're like, it, this is this person's work. I, I know it and I can recognize it. Um, yeah, it is the, 
bit of meanderiness, maybe. No. I think I, I, I would just trim the fat a little bit. Tr trim the fat. I would trim the fat and I would have an outline. Because that that's, that's what I'm feeling right now is really like, what is the point of this? Where are we going? What is the character evolution that anyone's going to go through in it? Yeah. And um, I think that Brandon Sanderson, so going into the question, like what is Brandon Sanderson going to keep? I have a feeling that Brandon Sanderson, partially uh, by because of generation, um, maybe also, I, I don't know Brandon Sanderson well. I do know that he's a Mormon. Um, and so I do think the way that he, I, I don't, I, I this is totally speculation based on that. Because we haven't uh, Is that I have a feeling that, and actually also based on someone shared a graph in the Discord showing the number of times the word breasts was used in the books. Um, I have a feeling that some of the, the the amount of spanking will be significantly less mm -hmm. in a Brandon Sanderson novel. And the folding of arms specifically underneath breasts. Yes, 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 yes. You know, you can just say folded her arms. You don't need to include the boobies. I think that the amount of discussion about the size of women's breasts will be significantly less. I'm also hoping... That we don't spend as much time on necklines. Like, at yeah. this point, I'm like, okay, we get it. You think she's a slut, and you think that she's too prudish, and good old two rivers wool is good enough for you, except when you're getting dicked down. And maybe, maybe... Brandon Sanderson is like secretly a pervert. I, I don't know yet. Um, I'm very excited to read a book by him. I haven't done so yet. So I okay. like, I just, I, I don't, I'm, I want to leave room so maybe for Brandon Sanderson to be a pervert is what I'm saying. That's totally, yeah, yeah. Maybe Brandon we Sanderson. Multitudes. Maybe Brandon Sanderson is like a butt guy and <laughs> Robert Jordan is a boobs guy. And so oh, that's no. why the breast mentions goes down, but we'll get more like hips. We'll just get like. Len admired her absolutely bedonkalicious, bodacious booty. Bedonkalicious. I hope that uh, we see that in um, Memory of Light. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, how would you, how far would you go to improve the writing style? I, the the, the problem the isn't style. Yeah, yeah. It's less about the style and it is more it's the structure. efficiency yeah. of the story being told. And I'm not saying that art has to be efficient in that way. I'm just saying that, like, I understand why people stop caring about this story at this point. Yeah. The number of people who've reached out to us and been like, this I've never finished off. The Wheel of Time, but maybe I'll finish it with you. Yeah. That was interesting because th th these are the books where people stopped reading. Mm -hmm. And I can see why. Like, because mm -hmm. here's, here's, here's the big story of this, right? What is Tarman Gaiden? And how are we headed towards it? No idea. And we're in book nine, and I have I have no answer to either of those questions. Yeah. I don't even have the beginning of an idea of what Tarmangaden is. And it feels like we are getting further away from fighting the Dark One every book and more into fighting something that is introduced, right? Yeah. Like I the was... Sanchin, the Sanchin repelling in this book, in yeah. Path of Daggers. It does not feel like it is heading towards a bigger battle, in my opinion. Yeah. In a way that I think that on a reread, I don't think I would notice this as much. But right now, because I just have no idea what is at the end of the tunnel, I'm just kind of looking into the darkness going, oh, that's a bunch of new characters to introduce. It's more S names. Uh, <laughs> and M names. M names are becoming almost as bad as S names. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, I... Hmm. So it's just structural. It's not It's not style. Robert yeah. Jordan... Robert Jordan under... Like, look, I, I don't know that I'll ever write a sentence as good as some of his mediocre sentences, right? Like, I, I think that I, I would aspire to hit the middle of his writing. But I do think that this series needed editorial oversight and it needed 
the books to have their own plots on top of the larger plot. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, you need sure the overarching plot, but you need the through lines, the smaller ones that are in the middle of the story to keep you pushing towards the end. It, yeah, I thought that like the prophecies of the dragon that we had in the first like five-ish books, mm-hmm. I thought that those would continue on to be the string that leads us to Tarmengaden and and figuring out what it is, but and they the just kind of stopped. Yeah, but they just kind of stopped. Yeah. Like we've gotten less of those recently, and so I feel like I've lost that thread, which was like the connection to it. You know, I thought that the more prophecies would be learned and talked about and delved into, and so that we could dive into them too. Um, of of what was coming and what that meant for yeah. for Rand and for the rest of the world, um, but that seems to have um, hit a bit of hit the brakes a little bit unfortunately so because the whole series kind of has right Look, I, yeah, yeah. I think it's very telling that robert jordan left notes for one book and brandon sanderson looked at it and said this is it's impossible for this to be one book yeah and i feel like i i feel like that that is indicative in at this point in the series as well where the first six books are tight like you know, you just that the the plotting in them was so good, and the the narrative structure of the endings. While I did complain about the fact that the it is the same end repeatedly with Rand kind of winning the next thing. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. felt a little bit more like leveling up in a video game than it did like a plot about a battle between two equal sides. Mm-hmm. The the narrative structure within each of those books was so strong that I'm surprised how far away we've gotten from that yep. in the recent books yeah for sure um yeah that was yeah. a great question really interesting but yeah i wouldn't change his style at all yeah. i would just you know yeah edit he, it. yeah um <laughs> el gage asks uh would you rather wear a crown of swords or walk a path of daggers um i would walk the path of daggers because it's a beautiful mountain range <laughs> i don't know what this means the path of, so the crown of swords is the crown that keeps cutting Rand's forehead yeah. open even yeah. though you could definitely like just like use a little bit of dull that uh and then the path of daggers is because there was the giant knives um from the statue in the ground where he killed all the sunshine but like if i'm just walking through that path in the mountains it's probably gorgeous if i have to like kill all my friends there like then it's different it's but beautiful or killed my frenemies there here's the thing i feel like the skin on the bottom of my feet is like in most areas tougher than the skin on my face so um why would that matter for like the cuts what cuts the path of daggers. It was called that because there was like the giant dagger statues, though. It's not like you're walking on daggers. Well, it's just a mountain range. <laughs> you, would you rather go for a hike or wear a hat that cuts your face open? Is kind of what the question is. I don't get it. Okay. I don't. I yeah. The problem is pa- the maybe the, I'm we're misinterpreting. I think that the implication of the question is that would you, the path of daggers is where Rand loses control of the power and kills the people under him. Here's the thing. If it meant killing off Weramon, I would walk the Path of Daggers. Wow. Just to be done with Weramon. Right. Here's the thing. That crown probably looks really cool. So You know who I think Billy Zane would be? Oh, guys. Oh, we didn't tell the story. At the end. We will tell the story of meeting Billy Zane at the end. Yes. Um, But Mm -hmm. uh, Billy Zane would be a great Weramon. Now. Mm, yeah. I think he would be very funny. Yeah. That He's would got be a great sense of humor. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, stick around to the end of the podcast and we will tell you about our time talking about Wheel of Time with Billy Zane. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then I might edit it to the beginning of the podcast. So you might have already seen it. We'll see. Um, That's fair. 
Or there will just be a chapter down in the, the line and you can just click Oh, you it. can just skip to it if you want to hear. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, Ist asks, if you had to start a life together somewhere in the world of Wheel of Time, where would you live? What would your profession be? And would you have any special talents? I, if we could move somewhere, I would move us to nowhere. Um, Maine. Maine? Yeah. Where's Maine? Maine, like the Maine. Oh, Maine. Yeah, Maine, Maine. I thought you meant the state, Down Maine. Down to the state of Maine. It's like, we're, we're going to become lobster <laughs> fishermen in Maine, USA. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Maine seems to be, um, like, not as shitty a place to live. Not that we know that much about it. And Bear Lane seems to be, like, pretty competent. Like, let's be honest. Like, so, the women don't have to wear a lot because it's hot. They're all yeah. super hot and they're all super horny. That sounds like a great place to live for two bisexuals. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I think that that, that, would, be, that would be it for me. All right. Um, you heard it here first, folks. I don't know what... We would I, move to the horny islands of Maine. <laughs> As it has been renamed. What about talents? I don't know. Uh, what would your profession be? My profession? I, I would be a soldier because I'm 6'4". I, I feel like I, I would You'd get conscripted. I would be conscripted, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, you must. I would be. I would have been raised to it which just because of my size. Yeah. I always, or maybe a blacksmith. Oh, that's fair. You, yeah. Um, uh, I'm terrible with my hands. I would be a soldier. I feel like... I can't make shit. Yeah, I don't know. I have always wanted to believe of myself that I would, like, be a... What? I would be a fucking... What is Tom? Uh, a a gleeman. gleeman. What am I talking about? A soldier. I would be a gleeman. That's true. You would be the court jester. I would be up there telling the... I would be encanting the horn of a leer in Just high chant. Point to your witcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. What were you saying? No, that's totally fair. I always thought... Of myself, oh my gosh, if I would grow up in a fantasy setting, I would be badass dagger lady like men, you know what I mean? Like, I would learn how to sword fight and do all the cool You'd be like, I shit. only wear pants. Like, I feel like I would be because none of you, like, knew me in high school, but I was so, like, stubborn and would just, like, be like, I wear what I want and fuck your rules and blah, blah, blah. Like, I was, I was an asshole. Um, but I have a feeling, mo like, realistically, that I would go into some kind of um, seamstress sewing. Because I like cosplay and I like mm -hmm. making things with my hands. And I'm like very detail-oriented. So mm -hmm. if I had learned to like embroider, you know, if this this was the kind of world that I grew up in, I think realistically it would be something like that. So I would be a gleeman and she would make my cloak. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, my special talent would be uh, talking myself out of the situations I get myself into. <laughs> Tavirin. The ultimate gleeman talent. Tavirin. Um, I don't know, talent, I, I would be, um, do you think you'd be good at Deus Damar? Me? No. You would not. No, I am terrible at masking. <laughs> I would be great at yeah. getting other people killed by accident. You'd be great. Here's the thing. You, people would, <laughs> people would be so unsuspecting of you because you're like boisterous and forward that they mm -hmm. wouldn't realize there's like more going on behind the scenes. And I'm, I would be a gleeman, which would feel safe. Yeah. You know, like everyone's like, oh, actors, you know, they're, they're, they're idiots. Yeah. I would play dumb enough that I would get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Sean Ashman asks, after Path of Daggers, do you think it will change Bashir's relationship with slash trust in Rand? I do. Sorry, let me read that again. I do. I think it is weird that that doesn't come back in that book. <laughs> yeah i i found i really found the way Rand showed up in kyrian after what happened in uh the mountains very strange yeah 
Yeah, that it just jumped to the next thing. Yeah. And it didn't feel like we had time to um, to let that sit. Mm-hmm. And how it affected the people around him. So, yeah. I'm uh, actually really interested in Bashir and Rand's relationship. That's something that I think is really exciting. It is, it, it, being where we're at in Winter's Heart, that was a full book ago now. It, the second half of Path of Daggers and then the first half of Winter's Heart. Yeah. And the fact that we haven't engaged with it at all, it honestly feels a bit strange. I think it that does. it's it's a it's a thread that like feels like it should have been at least somewhat commented on by this point. Yeah. Um, and Rand is just off on a completely different thing now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that there is going to be something there, but mm-hmm. it feels like it was so long ago. And so. I, like I, based on what we know, Rand and I even land are up to. Yeah. I don't know when it will. They'll come back to that. Yeah, that's true. Honestly, the state of Rand's forces right now is really weird to me because it feels like they're just kind of everywhere, waiting for him to show up, and I don't think he's done a good job of giving them like <laughs> the the plan. Oh, no, no. He has not shared his plan with anybody. So I'm actually, I, I think I'm I, not just Bashir, but I'm really interested in what all of his like lieutenants and, and rulers and all the people he has installed everywhere think of him right now. I would love if the epilogue was just going around and commenting on what people think about the fact that he's kind of gone because yeah. it's it's it would be concerning if I was, um, uh, who's the, Dobrain, right? In yeah, Kyrene. oh yeah. If I was Dobrain, I'd be like, oh no, Dobrain sees him in the um, in the prologue of this book. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, maybe the other package was for Bashir. But Bashir's like Bashir's an alien. Why would you drop that in? Oh Kyrian? yeah, I I don't know why. I here's the thing. It makes sense that the person would be Bashir, but it doesn't make sense the location. So I, I yeah. don't know. It was just a guess. I don't know. Um, but I'm very excited to see Bashir back. I I really like Bashir a lot. Right character. I love the whole family. Um, I just don't love the plot any of them are in. Yeah. Um, except Bashir's wife, who is not in any weird plot right now. Um, yet. 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 Give Robert Jordan one more chapter. Um, <laughs> Blue says, which character do you wish would get more screen time? Happy birthday, Blue. Matt. Um. He's dead. So, it's gotta be Matt, right? Yeah, gosh, R.I.P. A book and a half of no Matt. Well, we know he's in the next chapter. I know. Um, but, uh, yeah, Matt. Uh, Min, I would give more screen time to. Yeah, I would actually love, I would love more Min, um... It's, and um, I think we, right now, get a decent amount. But um, there was a chunk of time, like two books ago, that it was really like, I would love to see what like Min's perspective is of this. And, and mm-hmm. I'm tr- honestly, I'm trying to recall when it was. But um, I think Robert Juden could do a lot to tell us about Rand by focusing on her POV of him. Um, and maybe we'll get more of that. But I find... I, I think that POVs from Rand are, it's tough to like judge his madness in his POV because in writing it out from his POV, it, it feels like it makes sense. Mm. So I think that like using Min's POV to kind of demonstrate where he's at would be interesting. So I'd like to see more of that, but yeah. The other person's POV that I wish we had more of recently was Avienda. Yeah. We get her personality from other people's POV, um, but, um, we haven't been in her head, uh, recently really at all. Um. Which is, I think, partially and, because she's not really doing anything. She, yeah, yeah, she's kind of there, which, yeah, it, you're, you're right. I just love her perspective on things, mm-hmm, and yeah. so it's just one that I would love to see more of, that's all. It's just tough because she's sort of, like, next to Elaine. 
while then... Elaine is... Because uh, Elaine is, uh, has a somewhat active storyline going on. Yeah. Also, Tom. Where Where is Tom? B- uh, Bell Dolman. Where's Bell Dolman? Yeah. Where's Aguianen? I like those two a lot. I haven't seen them in like three books. Three at or least, four books. Yeah, at least. Yeah, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of characters, honestly. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the shine. Uh, the the Borderlanders would love to know what's yes. going on there. But <laughs> um, happy birthday! Happy birthday, Blue! If um, oh yeah, happy if, birthday. If Blue has gifted you a membership to this channel. Comment and say happy birthday. That is a good point. Yes, please do that. We appreciate you. Uh, Iljwam says, which character do you wish would get less screen time? Less screen time? Yeah, I have the. I have my answer. Locked and loaded. Cat Swain? No. Oh. Less screen time. Yeah. Okay, who do you think? Savannah. I'm done with the Shido. Oh, I did wasn't even. May Perrin and Massimo wipe them off the face of the earth in the, as fast as possible. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, she makes me want to punch somebody in the face. I just. I'm so. I'm at the point where I just. I don't. They've been wiped out too many times. They've lost every single time. I don't care at all about them anymore. Yeah, that's fair. I'm trying to think of a different answer just to have something different to say, but I really can't think of anything else. I like the Forsaken stuff that we get. Um, I, I would like I, to know more about Morden, though. Yeah. Morden, I would yeah. give more screen time to. More, yeah, more too. Um, but in terms of like less, yeah, that's the only one that I can think of. Yep. Um, so then, uh, look waffles, look waffles says, which of your predictions are you most confident about? Ked Swain will like a cockroach be in the epilogue. Ked Swain will survive the heat death of the universe. Uh, she is an undeniable consistent monstrosity that will plague my nightmares, uh, until we finish this book series for like the third reread when I can finally purge her from my life. Okay. Mine is also, uh, about Ked Swain that she is going to assist in cleansing the taint somehow. I, you are so committed to this. And Rand shows up and is like, Nynaeve, it's you and me, baby. No. And Clarice reads that and is like, Ken Swain will be a part of this somehow. I am convinced, okay, because of the little tidbits that we've gotten that Robert Jordan would not put there for no reason, okay? Mm-hmm. I am sticking to my guns. Um, also, um, I'm pretty sure... Oh, you know what? I would actually have to go back and look at my prediction. But we did do a prediction on who would have Rand's babies first. Elaine will. Yeah. Because we know that now. No, we know that now. But she we, might be pregnant right now. But when we did the prediction, I feel... I, I, think, I think we said Min because he was with her. Right? Because we were we didn't see how he was going to get back to Elaine and Avienda. And it's just, oh, they just teleport there one day. Maybe Min is pregnant. Because here's the thing. Min can see that Avienda's going to get pregnant. And Min can see that Elaine's going to get pregnant. But she doesn't know if she is or not. I don't know. Huh. It doesn't matter. Um, all right. We're going we're gonna to we're gonna jump over one. Because this one's relevant to what we just said. Joshy Josh says, Nerdy, can you say something nice about Cat Swain? Clarus, can you say something mean about Cat Swain? Uh-huh. I'll go first. I'll give you a second to think about it. Mine's really easy. Uh, Cat Swain right now has the most potential to flip from a character I don't like to a character I do simply because the reason I don't like her is that she isn't doing anything or have any desires that aren't super general and generic. And all you have to do to make Cat Swain interesting to me is just have her be active, have her give her wants and desires beyond I am old, therefore I know. And because that's all she is right now. 
And if you do that, I could go from being like absolutely no on Cat Swain to absolutely yes on Cat Swain in a in an instant. The same way that I didn't give an f about Elaine. I didn't care about the character at all. I was like, oh great, she's just a nothing romantic interest character. And then she has the moment with the um, Aes Sedai in uh, Abu Dhar. Yeah. And I went from like I don't care about Elaine to oh I love Elaine. I'm here for her. Yeah. Cat Swain can have that moment. There's so much potential. She just has to do something active in the story Mm -hmm. yeah i think i did mention like issues with ked swain in in how she speaks to rand uh Mm -hmm. in terms of the the goals that we feel like she wants to achieve um i think that she does suffer from the um i'm older therefore i'm right syndrome as opposed to working with rand on his level um or or just demonstrating that she's right yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's there's a yeah, lot this of. This is my mean oh, thing. You're not. Sorry, you've sorry, already sorry. said your mean things. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but but you're right. I I think that that um th- th- that kind of sucks because I think she is going to be super useful. I think she's mm-hmm. going to be super interesting. I think that there's, I mean, like you said, there's so much potential there. Like she seems really cool, and which is why I'm, I was so invested the moment that I read the character because I was like. The potential here is crazy, and so I, I hope that um, I hope that they can work together and be friends. All right, Reaver Chaos asks, which of the five, uh, the fifty or one hundred most important characters do you think will be next to die? <laughs> which of the like big ones do you think will die next? While you answer, I'm going to plug the computer in. Ah, good call, good call. Um. Who do I? Who is the main character? I think is gonna die next. Yeah. Oh man! Unfortunately, I think it's Morgase. But I want her to at least you see Elaine first. Um. I feel like the lighting of that was terrible. I'm so sorry, everyone. Do you want me to just? No. Nope. Do you want to cut that out and we can? Nah. Okay. Oh, it might have just glitched there, anyways. What? Um. Who knows? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I feel. I feel unfortunately like that drifting. There we go. There we go. Yeah, Morgase is in trouble. Although her and Talonvor, like I, I hope they at least have a few happy moments together. But I feel like Morgase is in trouble. Um, and oh, here's can I can I. Can I comment on that? Sure, yeah. If we're going to be having a lot of the same conversations in our chat and comments as we did last week, if Morgase dies without this storyline having had a purpose, if you have this queen character in your book to just have her be kidnapped, imprisoned, raped... And then, and then killed. saved, and then forced to be a servant, and then kidnapped again, and then beaten in the snow, and then taken like because yeah. Mor- Morgase is like the is this incredible tragedy, and if if the light at the end of that tunnel is just that she dies and gets out of the rest of <laughs> this miserable life that she's currently in, I I would find I would find that to be a dis I I wouldn't like it. Yeah. I think that when Morgase... I thought Morgase was going to get away from the Shido. 
She did uh, not. And when, okay. when Morghese was kidnapped again by the Shido and is now imprisoned and a slave, I was like, wow, this, this character is just getting like shit on yeah, in this she's, series. Yeah, she's had a rough go. And I, I do think that, uh, I do think that you're right. If she just dies, that would be like very weird to me. I honestly also worry that Bashir might die as well. Davram? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, like like we said, you know, like Fail is what third in line for like the Sultan throne. Um and um Oh, you think they're going to set up Perrin to become king of the Borderlands? Yes. That would be cool. Him and the wolves living up north. Yeah, I I don't huh. know. I could see it happening. Other than that, I don't really have any like strong predictions like, "Oh, I really believe it's going to be this person" because right now everybody Kind of has uh, loose threads and stuff going on that it would feel unsatisfactory if they just died soon. I feel like Aleda. I think there's a good chance Aleda's dead soon. I was thinking Aleda, but then I was like, well, no. Like, she does have this talent for foretelling. And here's the thing. I don't know if, if, if they still Aleda, for example, if she can still have the foretellings. Like, I don't know if they could use the foretellings mm, to their advantage mm-hmm. in some way. I don't think they would still her, though. You don't think so? I don't think that that's a thing that they do, really. Rand has only ever stilled women by accident. No, not Rand. I'm talking about Egwene. Like, the White Tower, like, the Little Tower is when oh. it's... Like, the, yeah, no, the Aes Sedai of the Little Tower would never let Elena go for this. I, see, like, here's the thing, though. Now that they know that you can heal it, they would kill her. No, I think you get still, then you get, like, imprisoned. In But they've, they've hung past Emerlin seats for less. Oh, I guess. So, in my opinion, I think that you would, that with the potential of her being healed and coming back with any level of power, I think that they are, they, I don't think if they capture her that they would steal her. I think they will kill her. That's fair. Yeah, okay, you might be right. Right. Yeah, you might be right. Um. Yeah, but I do think Aleda will die. I think that, um, and I do not think it will be um, Egwene. I think that it will be the, I think it'll be Alviarin and the white, as the white tower falls and the, that side loses, I think Alviarin will kill Aleda. Mm. Or in the middle of the fight, Alviarin will kill Aleda and take over to try and win for the bad guys. Oh, okay. Okay. But I, I do think Alviarin will kill Aleda. Mm. I was thinking that Alviarin could kill Aleda to get into Egwene's confidences, but. Halima's um, already there, so I feel like that's just two of the same thing. Dobby asks, uh, Dobby123 asks a question that I feel like we've answered, but we, we'll, we'll get into it very briefly. Uh, do you feel that Rand is slowly getting more mad over time or that his madness comes in waves? Um, I, I've said it. I think it's in waves. I, I don't yeah. feel him getting more mad. It doesn't feel like a steady progression. Yeah. The only thing that has really dramatically escalated is the dizziness. He's he getting said, sicker, but that's not madness. Like, he gets it in waves, and the waves feel like they're getting stronger. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, they're getting worse. Mm-hmm. So, I, it's both. Uh, that, yeah, I think it's both. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I also think um, Robert Jordan... Robert Jordan doesn't really write him being mad from his own perspective at all. Like, I never feel like I don't understand the way that he's thinking when Mm. we're in his point of view. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting choice to tell us that he's coming across as mad when he really seems like he's not. Yeah, like he's not making these like crazy impulsive decisions because of madness. 
Like, everything has a reason for it. Like, a, there's justification. Well, and his conversations with Luce Theron are always relevant to the situation that they're in. Like, the, yeah. only, the only time that Rand has felt mad from his own perspective, to my taste, was when he was going to go break the Quendalar. But, like, that, yeah. m that moment stands out because of how few moments like it there are. Yes. Not because it was bigger than other moments. That was just, like, the one time where I really felt like, oh, Rand is mad. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't... I don't know. Yeah, I just wouldn't... Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, waves. Definitely waves. Because it definitely doesn't feel like a straight progression down. Mm-hmm. Icicle3030 says, What word or phrase best describe Rand, Matt, Perrin, Egwene, or Nynaeve at this point in the books? Is this different from how you would have described them in the beginning? Oh, gosh. They are very different. I think... Except Perrin. Yeah, Perrin, yeah. Perrin is Perrin. just a more stressed version of who we met at the beginning. Yes, yes. This, like, really, like, careful, careful and calculated, but I don't mean that in, like, a cold way, um, um, compassionate and, mm -hmm. like, passionate person. Um, uh, the one, I think the biggest change would be that at the beginning of the series, I would have said that Nynaeve was very prudish. And now uh, I would describe Nynaeve as constantly horny. Here's the thing. She's still prudish t for other people. Like, oh, she thinks everyone else should not be getting dicked down as hard as she loves getting dicked down, for sure. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. You got that, That's not true. She thinks it should be behind closed doors. She's not about PDA. I guess. Yeah. Nynaeve is very anti-PDA, which, you know what? Like, that, some people live like that. And uh, to you, I say, I'm, I'm not like you, and I'm not going to live by your standards. Yeah. I hate yeah. people who are like, well, I don't like PDA, so you shouldn't do it. And I'm like, live your own life. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to stare at me. You can, like, go somewhere else. We're, you know. Yeah, you have the ability. Um, I'm sorry I kissed my wife. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Right. Um, yeah, Egwene obviously has had this crazy, incredible journey becoming the Amerlin seat, as well as, like, mm -hmm. a dreamwalker. And, you know, and being in love with Gawain and those kinds of things, like... You know, she at first was like a little farm girl who wanted some adventure and thought that she was going to marry like Randolph or because they were close and they were young, right? Mm -hmm. um, and just has had her whole perspective of the world changed in a really interesting way. And um, It's funny. I would have described her in the beginning as being like excited and adventurous. Mm -hmm. And now I would describe her as mischievous and, um, mischievous and de demanding. And shrewd. Yeah. Like she's except about Halima. Well, except about Halima, everyone makes her mistakes. one. Her one, the one black spot in her vision yeah. is uh, yeah. the bright sun that is Halima's cleavage. <laughs> That's fair. It's very distracting. Um, and some good titties. And then uh, here's the thing, Matt. Like we said, had a bit of a soft reboot in book three. Uh, we've, we've already talked about that, so he does definitely feel much different. Um, and then was that all of them? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we got them all. Um, Quark's Bar asks, having now seen enough of the good and the bad in the series, where do you all fall on how the show will manage adapting it? Where might they fall short and where are the opportunities to improve on the storytelling? We actually talked about this kind of recently. Yeah. About these books. When, when they announced that, um, the next season would include, uh, book two and book three, we were like, whoa, yeah. what? Um, which I do still think that books like two, three, four, five, and six um, are going to be more difficult to condense. But there's a lot in these 
last couple books that you can cut, snip, condense, um, just really uh, trim the fat. Yes. As we said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of the show, uh, I don't know what you do. We are We are at the point now where the idea of adapting the Wheel of Time into a television series seems crazy seems like a bad idea like if you if you were to come to me and be like i want to adapt uh, how much money do you need all of it literally um, all, yeah. how much time do you it. need all of it i think that rafe judkins and his team must have had some kind of an incredible pitch of how they were going to pull this off either that or they pitched to people who have never read the series and don't understand what they were setting up yeah. Because I, 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 I genuinely believe that. I think that if... You, it, I would love to talk to people at Amazon who greenlit this. And I have a conversation about why eight seasons? Why eight episodes a season? Like, why are you putting limitations on this story mm-hmm. that is already almost impossible? But, like, if, if it's going to be a hit, why not give it 14 seasons? You know what I mean? Like why, why come why, why go out of the gate with that limitation of eight seasons? before I get the Game of Thrones was eight seasons, but like before you've even seen how people react to season one. Yeah. Um, I think that they're in a really difficult spot in terms of what to do moving forward. And there is a lot in these books that will not is just isn't adaptable because of the tastes of modern audiences. And so uh, I I don't know. I, I don't even know how to answer the question to be honest. It's a really tough job that they have here and i i am excited to see what they do with it Mm -hmm. (laughs) but this wheel of time is not going to be the books it can't be it is impossible i don't even know how you would unless you had all the money in the world but like but but it's not just that right it's not even just money it is having seen season one mm -hmm. They 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 need to find the vision to visually present the violence of this show in a way that is interesting to watch. And this show is so like the the and I've said it a million times, and you know, I, I stand by it. I think that the combat, the group combat in the show is not good. I think that the individual combat is, right? I think that the land stuff in the beginning is really good. I think that the um, opening uh, of episode seven on Dragon Mount, I think that that Ficaro is actually really strong. And then I think that, you know, like the end of episode four, I think is really not visually interesting anyway. It doesn't make any sense from a combat perspective. And it's, it's just edited with, it's just edited nonsense. And then at the end, they tell you what happened. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of how Robert Jordan writes some of the fights, but um, he does it with aplomb. Uh, yeah. The the idea of the people who created the end of episode four or who did the combat in episode eight doing Dumai's Wells to me, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't see how those things, I don't, I don't see how that comes off in a way that I will find interesting. Yeah. I think the show has to become a lot more adult very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't mean sexually. I mean, like, it has to mature yeah. into better fight choreography, better cinematography, it can't just look pretty. It has to visually... You you have to use the visuals to tell a story that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the cinematography looks great in season one and lets down the storytelling a lot. Um, 
And I don't know if it's just because they don't... It's the same problem I have with Willow right now. The first episodes of Willow where the it looks amazing, right? Like the cinematography, the, they know how to light the scene. Yeah, it looks very pretty. But the editing and, and the way that the fights are shot don't tell a story. It is just hit, edit, hit, cut, hit, cut, hit, cut. Yeah. And so right now looking at the show, I'm really curious to see what they do with season two. But... Th- I don't know how I don't know how they adapt to the the what we've what we're reading. I just I, I don't no know idea. what you do. I, I yeah. I don't know how you do Rand and his thousands of people in the mountains against thousands of Sanchin in That's the woods. That's literally like, what I was going to like reference. Like I don't know how you possibly do that. And and keep things cohesive. Yeah. Right because that is one of our problems with the books is too much all over the place. Like that becomes even more difficult to follow in a visual form, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? When you, it's, you're using your imagination, I think that that is easier to follow. Um, but it was the same thing of what, like, like Game of Thrones had so many different character perspectives, and they did have to hone down and, and really focus in on mm-hmm. the stories that they wanted to tell. It's the reason I never finished those books. It jumped all over the place too much and too erratically for me, right? This might sound crazy, though. I would argue that Game of Thrones is more succinct than Wheel of Time is. The books? Yes. Sure. There are there are fewer main characters that Yeah, that, yeah, sure. That, and I you always know here and th- this is the thing that Game of Thrones and Wheel of Time were doing the same for the first chunk. Mm-hmm. And then Wheel of Time started to get into the characters are still doing things. But their 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 end goals aren't really clear anymore. Yeah, uh, Game think, of Thrones, you never really feel that, like, because you know, yeah, it's always like, oh, we're going to a place to do a thing, and this is now we're going to a place where a thing is going to happen that leads us to go on a chase of another place, and like, yeah, that, that is that's really hard to do on television. So they're going to have to cut a lot of this out yeah. in order to have the characters always headed in a direction that the audience cares yeah. about. Yeah, Game of Thrones set up succinct different storylines right Mm -hmm. this person is here doing this and this person is here doing this whereas wheel of time kind of started there ish right i mean on the edmonds fields people were all like together but it's had this weird like bleeding problem where you suddenly have all the different little veins going off in every single direction and this person has a name and this person has a name right and it just gets so it was this almost like slower like bleed out as opposed to the game of thrones which was here and here and here and here and here and here right and and this is where the comparison to the show actually gets really interesting because I feel like season one of of Wheel of Time had the opportunity to be more succinct, and then in the finale, and I understand this probably because Barney Harris leaving, but the finale yeah. of the show has Rand go, "I'm just gonna leave." Peace, deuces, I'm to out. do what? Like, know. and and it's a huge problem, right? Going into season two, what is Rand doing? and it's like they want to keep it a secret and i'm like the books exist like you don't you don't have to worry about the spoiler thing yeah they yeah it seems like the wheel of time show is for new wheel of time fans and not people who've read the books but but even for new wheel of time fans the end of season one my point is that it's for neither because for for people who've read the books right the end of season one doesn't make any sense because that's not what happens and so you're like, oh, they're changing it. Okay, if you're going to make a change, right? I would, I, and I would love to ask Rafe Judkins this, because, and maybe I'm coming across a little bit combative, and I don't mean to, but I would love to ask him and be like, if you're going to change the end of it, 
why did you change it and not and not give any indication to what the story was going to be? Mm. Because as an audience member who at the time I hadn't read any of the books, I got to the end of that season and the protagonist of the series goes, no, I'm going to go do my own thing. And I'm sitting there going, wait, but you don't know what you were doing in the first place and I don't know what you're doing. So what am I supposed to be excited about? It's like when you're playing D&D with new and experienced D&D players. Yeah. And they have that main character syndrome where they're like, ah, fuck the rest of the party. I'm just going to go off and do something. And you're like, well, what are you doing? We have stuff like yeah. the, the keep the group together and they just want to go off and have their own private individual session and you're like okay like yeah. it's kind of what it feels like where you're like but so like that that moment doesn't give me a lot of um th- that moment doesn't help with the the conversation about the show either because i don't I, I genuinely don't know where the show's headed in terms of season two yeah let alone how it's going to be adapting book nine yeah i think a lot of the show specific stuff we are going to do like a rewatch of season one mm-hmm. um, before season two <laughs> before season two comes out. So we're gonna we're gonna I think go a lot more in depth and detailed with um, the what and the why for yeah. for the show. Yeah. Um, so um, we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely stick around for that. And uh, I feel like we might do some some Discord questions as well, just to really br- like really really like deep dive into that with you guys. You know. Uh, yeah, we need to move faster. We have yep. so many questions. Yeah. Um. What? Uh, how would you prefer to learn magic? Rank these as a novice in the White Tower, a Sanchin Domain, a Wise One Apprentice, Seafolk Windfinder Apprentice, or a Black Tower Soldier? Just give me a f- worst, best, and worst. I think the best is a Wise One Apprentice. I think worst is Sanchin Domain. Yeah, I was gonna say the same. To be honest, like I yeah, w- yeah the, the obviously being a Domain would be the absolute worst of those scenarios and the wise ones at least seem like yeah they're harsh and like punishing and you know uh, i don't know they seem pretty nice to Egwene. yeah yeah you know, there's a lot of love there yeah for sure you, yeah, the, the harsh lessons but but in a way that i can understand so yeah wise ones for sure domain last the wise ones you end up part of a family and the others i don't think you do no gosh yeah yeah yeah, yeah um rod straight says a lot of people dropped wheel of time at this point in the series if you now had to wait two years for the next book do you think you would have continued no i probably would have it depends on when in my life mm-hmm. um that's fair if it was if it, the, this one came out when i was in grade 10 and the next one came out when i was in grade 12 absolutely if this came out when i was in grade 12 and then this came out and then the next one came out in the middle of college i'd be i don't have time for this like, uh, I, there are just different points in my life where I have been a more avid reader because of time constraints, so. I would have stopped after Crown of Swords, and I would have gone back and finished it when all of the books were out. Yeah. I would not have read book to book. I would have stopped. I, because I, I, I didn't really love Crown of Swords. Yeah. Um, I did not like Path of Daggers, and I don't like Winter's Heart. So, for me, my taste, no. Yeah. Um, uh, knowing that it ends is what I'm excited about. Knowing that there is a conclusion yeah. um, is the reason why I'm excited to keep going. Um, but if the book, it, literally, if we had started book club and the show, and this wasn't done, I would have pushed to like start reading the Cosmere until the books were all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Like, I, I don't think I'm going to read the next Song of Ice and Fire book until the last one is out because I, I don't like the like circling the drain kind yeah, of feeling absolutely um 
that's not to say I would have never finished it. I would have finished it when the final book was out because I want to know what Tarman Gaiden is so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would have... Uh, Crown of Swords was written in a way that I would have stopped until every single book was out and then I would have bought them and read them over the summer and finished it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah I get that. I understand why people drop off here. Yep. Um, Power Guy asks... We have now had books where each of Emmons Field Boys have been missing. Dragon Reborn, Fires of Heaven, and Path of Daggers. Which missing POV do you think had the biggest impact on your enjoyment of the series? Um, That's really tough because... Dragon Reborn. Uh, like, Rand yeah. being gone? Okay. That was the only time where I was... Because, like, remember, like, the end of Falma, this huge thing happens to Rand and it's this like crazy huge character moment and then they're just and then chasing he's just him gone. around yeah I get that and I wanted to know what happened from his perspective not like we found the sign oh we found the trail <laughs> you know what I mean yeah that's fair it's really tough for me to answer that to be honest because of my different enjoyments of the different books mm-hmm. right like I can't say that Matt ha- being in the last this like last book would um have changed my enjoyment for the better yeah right but but these books i haven't i definitely enjoyed less than like when perrin was missing i definitely missed perrin but there was so much other good stuff that like i I almost didn't mind as much and it was a joke every week you know where's perrin our boy but yeah i think rand is probably the the best choice in that because it, it it um felt a little lost and maybe that was the reason for it like maybe, like, maybe that was the choice that Robert Jordan made. And I can understand that. But I don't know if I really enjoyed that choice. I also think for my taste, when Rand does show up, it didn't feel like there was really a reason why he wasn't there. Yeah. Whereas, like, with Perrin, like, nothing happened. You know what I mean? on his honeymoon. Yeah. Like, he's like, that. when we do cut back to Perrin, it's like, oh, yeah, we've been playing Sims. And we've built a town. Right? With Matt, um having read like you know the first two pages of the next chapter not a lot there like there wasn't a story there mm-hmm. uh whereas with rand it really felt like there was yeah yeah, yeah. Fair. um power guy also asks uh of the elements of the magic system that were explained in more detail in the book linking unweaving flaws buffers which is your favorite oh linking oh really oh linking to me is the is the untapped gold mine of this franchise especially because mm. of the like someone leads the link and it's really hard to pass it but like when elaine the, the coolest magic moment for me in the whole series is elaine and um, avienda using their relationship their personal connection to each other to pass the link without difficulty mm. does that make sense yeah totally i thought that was amazing for me it's the the unweaving i find that really really interesting because it actually helps me visualize a lot better the magic and the weaves and the like the actual physical thing that the people in the story see mm. right the things that make the soldan cry like i feel like after that was introduced i had a much better visual of what that looked like for me personally that's a um, really cool point yeah it just it 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 changed my perspective in a way that was just very personal so mm-hmm. it's my answer, but I do I, I do agree with all the points that you made. No, I, I love that. I hadn't really thought about... Because even when that happened in the books, I was like, I, I hadn't really thought about it being like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that that felt like the moment where I, I started to understand what it looked like as well. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a really... That's a solid point. You know, I, I think I'm going to go with... I, I'm changing my plan. Uh, unweaving as well. 
Nice. It's dangerous that it's basically like everyone can do a nuke. Yo, it's terrifying. And that's yeah. the, that's also what fascinates me is it's like um, a wild magic search in D&D. Sorry for all the D&D references. But like anything can happen. You don't know. Yeah. Um, and that's so scary. Um, it's amazing that more like kids don't accidentally blow up their town. Well, you know what I mean? Like just by accident. That's why I think that the Aes Sedai, part of the reason they try and find all the channelers that they can, because they truly believe that it's a danger. Uh, Faiso can, oh no, sorry. Uh, Ildwam uh, says, which of the remaining Forsaken do you consider the most threatening, frightening, competent, and why? Semerhaj probably is the most. Yeah. Is Morden Forsaken? Because then it would be him. And then Semerhaj second. Yeah, he's, he's the nipples. So I don't know if that makes him a Forsaken. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, Samaraj is definitely Samaraj. the one that comes to mind first, for yeah. sure. Yeah. She scares me. The like, I'm going to make him orgasm till he's crazy and dies. Didn't like it. Didn't like it, and uh, that scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't mind going out that way. Death by Snoo Snoo. Fisocan <laughs> asks, if you were to eliminate the Path of Daggers as a book, but keep the important plot details, how would you edit the plot lines into the rest of the series? Well, we already said we would add the Bowl of Winds to the end of the last, the, the previous book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Um, there is definitely some extras in there that could be trimmed, uh, like, in w- even within that, like, storyline. Um, so tack that on to the end of the last book, and then most of the second half, I don't even... It doesn't matter. I, I don't know yet, because we haven't seen the fallout and how important the fallout is, but there's a part of me, honestly, that's like, I would cut all of it, except the Bull of Winds. Um, I would just never have Rand fight the Sanchin in the mountains because I don't know why it matters yet. Uh, I would just cut the Sidar, Sidin feels weird stuff because I don't know why that matters. Yeah. That, like, uh, yeah. May, we... Maybe a book from now will understand why we went through that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of character development right now, it just none of it really feels necessary. I would I would cut all of it. And yeah. I would, honestly, I would just cut the Shido out of the rest of the series. I would have Get rid of them. them have died when um, uh, Demandred put them through the portals. Yeah. And we would have never see Savannah again. Well, yeah, which is honestly what I thought was going to happen. But I, that, but yeah, that one's uh, that one's kind of hard to give definitive answer without the whole story. So but we'll honestly, come back to it. <laughs> the books are going to have to give me a real strong reason why any of it mattered. Because right now I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh... Father Jerusalem says, how many times do you think Elaine went back and used the red rod Terangriel? Did she teach Avienda how to use it? I don't think that many because she can't remember it, right? So, like, what's the point of an orgasm if you don't remember it? Uh, I mean... Do you know what I mean? Because she doesn't know... I mean, it know, wasn't an orgasm, like... But she doesn't know what happened, so why would she use it again? Yeah, I, I feel like that would be terrifying. And no one will tell her. I know. That's why it's so weird. Like, I'm like, okay, but, like, what did you do? Uh, Karen uh, Tavarin says, Ked Swain, Weramon, Savannah, Bed Bond, Balefire. Oh, my God. Kill Weramon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill, 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 kill. You can fuck, I mean, I, I would I would fuck Savannah and then kill her. And then I would marry <laughs> Ked Swain. And then kill her? Just gonna kill everyone? No, Ked Swain, it's, I like Ked Swain. I, I would do the same. I think that one's easy. If you're going to bed someone, you got it's got to be them titties. The big titties, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but Savannah will kill you eventually. Whereas Cat Swain will be a pain in your ass. But, like, what wife isn't? You know what I mean? So Wow. Wow. You're starting to sound like the comments in our YouTube. 
Yeah, except I mean it as a joke. I know. <laughs> uh, and they don't. Wheel of Time says, Bedbond Balefire, as is customary, Davram Bashir, Jahar Narishma, and Alice, the kinswoman. Here's the thing. I would definitely bed Alice just because... Um, <laughs> Uh, well, why? I, because I don't like uh, being in charge or making decisions, mm-hmm. so at least can do all that for me, which is great. Yeah, this one also is easy for me. It's Bish- Mary Bashir, right? Good, big, strong man. Yeah. Bone Elise, get absolutely strapped to the max, and then uh, Jahar Narishma. Sorry, dude, but like, there's a good the chance cut. that you go crazy and kill me while yeah. we're having sex, so you're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you didn't make the cut. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie asks, how do you feel about Fael Perrin at this moment in the book series? And looking back at the evolution of their relationship since book two, which character did you miss the most from this book? Oh, these are different questions. Oh, okay. We'll start with How the... do you feel about the Fael Perrin moment in the book series and looking back at the evolution of their relationship since book two? I have a lot of problems yeah. with them. We've already talked about it, so I don't really want to just harp on that. But for me personally, it's like one of the big like lows of the series because I really want to like Fael because there's a lot to her to like. Mm-hmm. But the whole um, making Perrin uncomfortable in yeah. their relationship just really rubs me the wrong way. So, yeah. I yeah, I, and, and here's the thing. Like, we kind of had the inkling that their relationship would be problematic when, like, she, she like, punched, punched him, him and yeah. then he spanked her. And I was like... Okay, I, I don't really like where this is going, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was kind of foreshadowed. Um, so, I agree. Yeah. Uh, which character did you miss the most from this book? Matt. He's not in the book. <laughs> oh, and, 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 and Ship Captain. Um, yeah, Matt. Honestly, his, his personality just brings a lot of light and lifting up. And he had the biggest cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. And for so sure. like spending a whole book, it's like it's like how we felt about the um who killed Asmodian thing, right? It's like why not mention that in the rest of the book? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Okay, we're good. Uh all right, next and then uh the final question, what is the plot arc you would like to see resolved in the next book? The Shai Do. Please. Yeah, get rid of it. For the love of God. Cut, 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 cut. Cut this cancer out of my life. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I I could not agree more. Please get rid of Banish. I just, yeah, I, 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 Fael and Morghese being kidnapped by the Shido. Just, I need it to stop now. Yeah. And in, and, and tied onto that is Berlaine's mistreatment of Perrin using it to like sneak him naked into her bed and shit. Like, fuck Berlaine. All of, all of the Berlaine, Fayil, Perrin, Shido nonsense. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know you how this gets us to Tarmin David. flattered. Fuck, fuck off. Fuck all the way off. Do you have a plot arc you want to not, you want to see end? I mean, uh, the Masima Prophet stuff for sure, but the Shido is number one. Oh, why do you want the Masima Prophet stuff then? I feel like we haven't even gotten into like how that's. I feel like we haven't gotten into that enough yet. It just doesn't feel like it matters, except to be another hindrance that Rand has to overcome to get to Tarmangaden. Oh, I see the opposite. I I actually find the Masiba stuff really interesting, because he Mm -hmm. basically, like, it it basically gives Rand this other army. But the problem is, like, it's, it's, I find Masima great, because he's crazy. Yeah. But... The people following him say they're following Rand, but they're not. They're following him. Mm. And so Rand has to, 
Rand, while worried that he is going crazy, has to, like, wrestle with true crazy. Yeah. And will maybe learn something about his own madness in the process. Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's actually... The problem with Masima is Masima's only interesting with Rand. Mm -hmm. And Masima isn't interesting with anyone else. But once you get Masima to Rand, that storyline becomes wildly interesting. Yeah, okay, I guess. That's fair. Yeah. Which is why the, like, oh, no, I won't take a portal to Rand, but I will take a portal to follow your wife storyline is frustrating to me. Yeah. Perrin should have dropped Masima off through a portal. He should have been like, this is going to, we're going to go follow my wife. And then had, like, the guy open, I always do the, like, Doctor Strange, um, open a portal to Rand, kick him through, and then yeah. close it, and then go after his wife after he got Masima over. Yeah. Oh, my God, Perrin, you need to be sneakier. Yeah. Come on. Krisu says, what character archetypes do you believe the main six belong to? That's a big question. Character archetypes? Mm-hmm. Uh, like what, what do you mean by character archetypes? Are we talking like D&D classes? No, or like, like literary tropes? I or... would say more the second one. I'm not very familiar with those, so you can go ahead. Um, I mean like R- R- Rand is on the hero's journey, sort of. But like a different version of it, like that, that, and that's the thing is that Robert Jordan is intentionally twisting archetypes, yeah, um, in a way that was really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and I think has become stale. In that, I don't feel like he's allowed his characters to grow a lot, other than introducing problems for them Mm. like i one of the one of the things i find interesting about robert jordan's take on character development is how little the characters have changed in the way they approach situations Mm -hmm. the the coolest kind of character development is when a character is deals with a problem in one way and succeeds or fails it doesn't matter and then grows and then comes back at the same problem a different way the next time because they've learned and they've changed. Mm-hmm. One of the things I find a slightly difficult about how long this series is, is that after nine books, a lot of our main characters are not adapting like that. Yeah. Which is why moments like Elaine changing her tactics with the uh, Aes Sedai or Egwene doing the same thing with her Aes Sedai, mm-hmm. um, I find those moments really great because it shows a level of character development. Whereas with Nynaeve, like I'm finding Nynaeve having these moments of character development which feel really good and really cool and then a book later it feels like she's like reverted back to book four naive sometimes yeah and so um that's my that's 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 my little bit tough in terms of archetypes like you know naive is definitely the like um overly uh nosy like healer nosy neighbor Perrin is the silent but strong yeah The, the, the 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 teddy bear kind of archetype matt is the dashing rogue archetype yeah um so yeah i don't know uh their next question is what do you believe are the central themes of the series that one again it's harder to answer now than it used to be yes 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 Mm -hmm. it's become a little bit muddled and a little bit lost to be honest I thought that, like, communication was going to be a theme of the series, but so far I have been proven wrong (laughs) again and again and again. Yeah, it's definitely not about communication. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, one of the themes feels like, look at how much it would also suck if women were in charge. (laughs) I didn't say that time, y'all. 
I know, no, that was me, 100%. Like, uh, uh, like sometimes, not all the time, I'm, I'm being completely candid, sometimes it does feel like that a little bit, and, and, it's, yeah. and it's grating. People who are like, Robert Jordan's such a feminist writer, I'm like, <laughs> no, no. No. Right, different time. He was, you know, it is. He, he grew up in a different era, and like that's okay, and it's something that we acknowledge when we read this, but, but definitely not um, feminist. Um, uh, can a central theme be what happens when a writer's editors no longer have time to edit before the book comes out? Wow. Uh, no, I, I would say uh, central themes some of the central themes of like the earlier books are kind of have kind of started to go missing yeah that's um, which what is I mean. why it gets complicated like i i thought like um how knowledge gets lost was a central theme and you all know how i feel about that now given the uh, what we've learned about the world i feel like that was a theme that was kind of like given up on for the sake of like magical stuff mm-hmm. um i think that I want to say that there's themes about good and evil, but but maybe the theme is that Robert Jordan doesn't think that there is good and that everything is gray. Yeah. And I, I think that there, I, when we get to a resolution, there might be something interesting in that about how gray defeats evil in the absence of good. We're not there yet. So like, I, I, I don't know what that's going to be. Um, but thematically of the whole series, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't feel like there's a really strong undercurrent of theme in, in the whole series. I think that there have been yeah. books that have had really strong themes. Yeah, yeah, um, but I will agree. right now, part, part of it is just that I think the stories, the, the, the relevant storylines, the main character storylines, feel thematically very um, not aligned. Mm-hmm. And so to, trying to pick about what the theme is when the themes under the Perrin, Berlain, Fayol trio are so not related to the themes under the foursome of Rand. Like you would think that Perrin, Berlain, and Fayol and the Rand um, and his trio of women, you think that those two versions of um, multiple women going after the same man would somehow comment on each other thematically as they play out through the story. But they, they don't in any way in this story. They're, they don't seem to be related at all. Um, I, I was hoping that the Aiel and the Windfinder culture clash would have more of a thematic, like, water versus sand kind of relationship. But yeah. it's kind of been boiled down to just like, oh, we've heard the Aiel are crazy. Um so it's it's interesting. I think there's definitely a female about matri. There's a theme of matriarchy, yeah. but like you said, like the the theme of matriarchy feels like maybe it is the one thing that is misguided about the writing. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know. When the Ruidian stuff came into play, I would have said that a major theme was about the like construction or deconstruction of societies. And it was in that book and for it, sure. It was and really it, good. And it was, but right now that's definitely not the case. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is a little bit weird to think because to, to to come up with something that is encompassed overall. So. Maybe maybe like um, what happens when cultures clash is a theme of these. Like like the what what globalism does is sort of a, a main theme right now. I would say. Yeah, Rand is the globalization of yeah, yeah. Rand. 
Which is interesting because, you know, Robert Jordan was writing this sort of pre, like, real globalization yeah. that we're experiencing now where everything like is immediate. everyone having a mobile phone. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, when, when this book came out, like, the internet was in its infancy. Yeah. And so it's, it is interesting. I, I think that, you know, anytime you have teleportation in a story, especially where hundreds of characters can teleport and letters can kind of pass around really quickly, you, you get into the, like, that is a lot like email. And, like, the difference between letters and email is the difference between couriers and teleporting couriers. Yeah. Um, but then Robert Jordan has sort of put these building blocks in the way of information passing around through teleportation mm -hmm. that I also find really interesting. But has it, it does kind of detract from, like, the thematic undertone of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so, I don't know. I think that the it'll be hard to pull out what the theme of the series is until we finish it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. Because right now, I, I really don't know. Yeah. And I wish I did, honestly. Like, I, I wish I had a stronger sense of that. Me too. Rather than trying to be like, well, you know, this kind of storyline over here is this, but th 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 but then this kind of contradicts that. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then their final question is, what commentary and or criticism of our world do you find in the series? So I think one of the problems that I have had with Robert Jordan's writing throughout the series is that he doesn't have a criticism. He okay. just writes about the about things and doesn't like doesn't really have a strong opinion on them or not. Oh, like he's trying to distance himself from having to like actually have a he's not trying to say anything about it. He's just trying to he present just, it. Yes. Okay. Yes, which it has been a bit of a struggle especially with the uh, violence and slavery especially. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I, the, the the writings that I love reading have me thinking about things in a different way because the author gives a, enough of their perspective mm -hmm. that I can see something through a different lens. Or enough of their character's perspective. Yeah. yeah. Rather I, than just writing this existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't that. I don't know yet. And we've we, yeah, we've said this before. I don't know yet what Robert Jordan is trying to comment on yet, and I hope that we know by the end of the series. Yeah. 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 I would have said different things earlier. Yes. It's yes. weird. It's really since book 7 like I feel like these questions have become really hard to answer. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um and yeah, I, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, sorry. I feel like it's Iljwam <laughs> says, uh, which characters would surprise you most if you learned they were or were not dark friends? Who would surprise you the least? Uh, the most surprising, I think, would be if Moraine Sedai came back and was a dark friend the whole time. Was a dark friend. Like, if we're going most surprising, it would be Moraine. Yeah. yeah. But who would be the least? Who would be the least surprising to find out they were a dark friend? Yeah. Um, uh, Varen. Yeah, Varen is the least. Because we kind of think that she is already. Which means that she might be a red herring and it's like something else, but like, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to say Varen. Uh, Kathurak says, which loose ends from Path of Daggers do you think will be resolved in Winter's Heart and which won't? Uh, well, we already know that Matt shows up. So you I guess that that's... You said that you think that the Shido thing is over in this book. Yeah, please, dear God. Here's here's the thing. Do I think realistically that that is going to be the case? Not 100% sure. Okay. But like I said before, I hope 
that the side questing for Perrin is the resolution of that storyline. Because it's it's the only way that I will be like d d really down for it. Because mm -hmm, yeah, we were we had a trajectory and we've got sidetracked. And so I really hope that that is because we're getting rid of the Shido. And so yeah, I'm going to say this book, they're donezo. Get them out of here. I don't think they're going to be. I think and that... I, uh, I, I'm hoping that the White Tower... No, because I don't think that one's going to be taken care of. Even though it was resolved technically at the end, but not? What? I, I don't think the White Tower thing is going to be, and I don't think the Shido will be. I would yeah. like it if the the question of whether or not Rand can cure the taint is done this book. Whether or not it's possible, you mean? Yeah. Not if, not necessarily doing it. Yes. Okay, cool. Because um, if, if it takes time to do it, I can understand that. If it's like a big thing to do that. Because, because here's the thing. If you if you spend three books undoing the taint because it is absolutely necessary for Tarman Gaiden, I will find that interesting. Yes, but if it's not possible... Then, then just tell me quicker. Yes. I don't want to spend three books going after this thing and then find out at the end of it that no, there's yeah. nothing there. It's how I felt about Walking Dead. I was like, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. They're going to be able to cure it. They're going to fix everything. Yeah. And then finally I was like, fuck it. I can't do this anymore. Like, Which is funny because episode six of season one goes, you, there, there is no, there's never going to be a cure. <laughs> and I held on for, I think, one more season. And I was like, Please. You got to the end of season two? The farm huh? stuff? The farm stuff was brutal. Oh, I got to, the, got to Negan. That's six seasons. Yeah, yeah. Once Negan showed up, I was like, I can't. No, nope, yeah. I'm out. Please, dear God, stop. Um, the I, I definitely do not think the Shido. I, I just don't think there's enough chapters left in the book, Winter's Heart, to settle that. Yeah. yeah. I hope that the we get some kind of resolution as to what was weird with Sidar. Oh, it was the Bull of Winds. Yeah, but like why and how? I, I, they, it will not, they, apparently, uh, yeah, apparently it's never explained. Okay, okay, great. Love that for me. Okay, yeah. never mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, M says, if Rand I need Ketswain Flynn, someone else, that's a lot of people, eventually does come up with a plan to cure the taint, how do you think the Aes Sedai would react? Oh, interesting. I hadn't really thought about what the Aes Sedai's opinion on it would be. I think they would love it. I don't think the Aes Sedai love killing men for no reason, right? Well, like, the Reds do. Some of them. But only because they, f the Reds hold on to the fear of the breaking. But if, well, actually, some of the Reds would probably say that Luce Theron, you know, that's interesting. I don't know. I, I, I feel I think, like a lot of them would love to not kill men randomly. That You know, especially young boys. Yeah. I feel like they would cheer. That would be huge. I feel like it's terrifying, right? Yeah. You, you completely, um, completely change their reality. Uh, that's that's going to be scary and a lot of people can't accept it. The same thing that happened with the Aiel. Right? A lot of them could not accept the change, mm. could not fathom that uh, that things could or were or would be different. Um, yeah. And so I, I think it's going to be similarly, similar thematically yeah. to the to the Aiel breaking apart. I hadn't thought about the fact that, like, how do you convince them that you did that? Like... Well, yeah. They How do you prove it? Feel it, yeah. How do you prove it? Oh, guys! Everyone, just tell them that we cured it, and yeah. then it's all good, right? Yeah. I, I think that, yeah. like, obviously, the first breath of fresh air there is that the um, the Black Tower is no longer a bunch of men who are definitely going to go mad, right? Yes, and uh, at least for so the that reader, is, yeah. yeah, but yeah. interesting. I hadn't, yeah. What, how do you how do you even convince them? I I yeah. don't know that they would react. I don't think they'd believe it. Yeah. You're right. Damn it. <laughs> um. Ian Zed says, what would you get each of our main characters for Christmas, either from their, our world or within theirs? 
Um, I would get Rand therapy. I would get all of our characters therapy. That's true, yeah. Um, I would get... Uh, I feel like therapy is a weird Christmas present to give somebody. Yeah, but I think it's what they need. Yeah. It's, it's a true gift. I would get Min... Um, edibles to see if that helped with the whole visions thing so that she could like take I would get a break. Min high for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I man. feel like she would appreciate that. I would get Matt out of Ebudar. <laughs> I would get Matt pepper spray. Um, <laughs> Just give him a chastity belt. <laughs> poor Matt. God damn it. Um, uh, well, now he's marrying Tuan, so let's go. Uh, yeah. Kismet Rose says, which shadow spawn would you make the best cuddle plush? Oh, no, which Shadow Spawn would make the best cuddle plush? Oh, Narg. I just want to call, I want to call Narg. He's so smart. He's a good boy. Yes, that is the correct answer. You're right. Uh, and then Quark's Bar responded with, which Shadow Spawn would make the best bacon and eggs? I feel like Merdral. I feel like they're the only ones smart enough to cook. Oh, you mean them cooking it, not being in it. I well, I don't know that meant... any of them lay eggs, so... I thought, I was like, well, the Grom are frogs, so they probably, I don't, I'm not necessarily into frog. And then we've got these, like, cats, which I'm also, like, that feels weird. And then I'm like, well, the lizards don't really eat lizard. Like, I was Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the, I think the Madral are smart enough to cook bacon and eggs. You know what? I think that, um, uh, Semiraj. She's not Shadow Spawn. I'll take it. But I think she's, she's probably meticulous. a really good cook, yeah. <laughs> like King, how Kingpin cooks eggs in the Daredevil series. She would be the same, like she'd have a very specific method. Uh, Pandoria says, which storyline was your favorite and least favorite from this book? Favorite storyline was the Bowl of Winds. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Incredible. Least favorite? Mm. That's tough. Maybe, I'd, I'd probably just Fayo getting captured at the end. I was going to say, Fayo getting captured and then also them, like, having Perrin, like, yell at her. Like, that whole thing was just... Yeah. I don't... I just don't like it. I've already talked about it. It makes me feel all uh, the ick. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, ADP14 says, which two characters that haven't met besides Ryan and Elaine do you think are totally going to bone down? Talonvor and Morghese. Uh, they need to at least have a moment. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. they need, they need, they, they deserve it, you know? I think they have, though. Oh, you do think they have? Yeah, d isn't there something about how they've been, like, after, after Fayil yelled at them, they, like, she thinks that they've been sleeping together and she's gonna, like, she, Fayil's like, I'm gonna chastise them or something for oh, yeah. being indecent. But no, I think that Fayil is misreading that, personally, oh, okay. personally but maybe, yeah. Yeah, well, Talonfor mm. is about to fight his way through all those Shadow to get laid. I think Talonfor Morghese makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, Swan and Gareth Bryan might be next. Oh God, yes. They haven't they haven't crossed that line yet, but they definitely are on that list. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. Ice Girl Thirty Thirty says, way back in book one on stream, you said Eye of the World should be one of the required novels to read in school instead of something like Catcher in the Rye. I very much do not like Catcher in the Rye. Um, I would read the win. I would read like just Path of Daggers and Winter's Heart. What we've read so far, like fifteen times before I would read Catcher in the Rye again. I, I, and look, it, I, I get it. It's brilliant. Whatever. I don't like the book. Fair enough. I had to read it for school. Never read it. It was. I I just I I I hated it, and I don't know. I can't even really articulate it anymore because I have like blotted out that. I think that I 
like emotionally gave myself what is the procedure when you remove part of your brain like lobotomize I, lo I emotionally lobotomized that book from my brain because okay. I hated it so much it's the only book I've ever thrown at a wall um I really don't like Catch on the Rye uh being just past halfway in the series do you still recommend that Eye of the World be a required read in school I don't think that the rest of the series has much to do with that to be um, honest I think like the first book does what it does and it does it well like I yeah I th no I I will say no I do not think that anymore I think that this series because oh. I, I don't know what age I would start someone on the wheel of time anymore there's oh. a lot of stuff in this because here's the thing the, the first book is not what the rest of the series is. Yeah. And there's uh, there's a lot of stuff in the series that I would not give to someone under the age of 18. Like, I wouldn't... 18? I would not recommend this series to someone under 18. Oh, no, I would. 18, no. I, uh, I just... I wouldn't. I think that this is a college-level course to me. And I... There, there, there's enough rape well, in it. There's enough... There, there's, there's just... There's a lot of adult stuff that isn't, like... Oh, sex is fun. Like a lot of the sex that we've seen so far has been very um, colored with consent and issues. And so I don't know. I just I wouldn't recommend this to kids. I wouldn't recommend this to young girls. Like I wouldn't recommend this yeah. to. <laughs> to uh, I wouldn't. I I think that this is now like a college level. Yes, level. but the series is different than the first one, like you said. Sure, but I'm saying that if you're gonna give someone this book, and they get hooked, I then they're reading the series, right? Yeah. So like I I know I, I think that given given the way that the certain things are handled I think that uh, the later books are too mature to give this to a like high school student. It's also weird to me. I look, I would give this to a high school student, fifteen maybe sixteen, um, for sure. However, sure. only in places that properly teach things like sex ed. I I'm okay. not joking. Like it, yeah. because yes, if this is your experience reading about consent. Yeah yeah. Um, or about how to treat your girlfriend. Yeah. No, no, no. Girls like it when you yell at them. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that, that's why I say college. Like, stuff like the parent fail relationship is why I say college. Yeah, but I mean, even then, it's more location dependent than that's fair. anything, which is, is hard. That's, yeah. that's a really difficult thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rob Ross says, considering you are only a few books away from an author change, are you excited or nervous to see how the series will be handled? I am, I'm over the moon. Yeah, we know that the next book is is apparently fantastic. No. No, sorry. The, we know that the sorry. next book is widely considered to be the worst in the series. Sorry, and then the following one... And then the one following book is fantastic. ...is yeah. fantastic. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm very excited because... Not, not because I di dislike Robert Jordan. That, that, pro that no probably came off as me dissing Robert Jordan. I'm excited because I know that Brandon Sanderson has said many times that he was handed a plan and he followed that plan to the end. Yes, yes. And so the, the switch from Robert Jordan to Brandon Sanderson is not like me being excited to say goodbye to Robert Jordan. It no, is me being yeah. excited because that is the point that I know for a fact that there's an outline, uh -huh. which is the thing that I that is holding me back from loving the books right now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. here's the thing. I still love Robert Jordan's language right now. Yeah. I still love his descriptions. I think that he describes things very well. He overdoes it, but his, he is so good at painting the picture of the world that, like, I just miss when these 
I, I, I am repeating myself, and I'm sorry. I know I'm repeating myself, no, but like, okay. I love The Wheel of Time still. Mm-hmm. I just don't like this book, yeah. and I don't like The Winter's Heart so far. And like, that's a that's been tough. And I know it's been tough for the book club. I know it's been tough for the audience, like for of our show, right? I know that it's tough for all of us that we're in this position where we're talking about a lot of this stuff. But like, yeah. I, I promise you, it comes from a place of like, I want to feel like the end of Dragon Reborn again. Yeah, it comes from a place of passion. As opposed to like us wanting to just like shit on it. Like that's that's not it. It's that we have loved book club and we've loved these books so much so yeah. far that it means a lot. And sorry yeah. if sometimes, you know, uh, I feel like I am not the most coherent. I feel like it happens to both of us. Like we're, yeah. because, because it matters. Because it, yeah. And it comes from that place instead of, and not like a, we just want to like dunk on it place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, C. Sarmi says, what is an advisor supposed to be doing regarding Rand? How active a role they should take? How would you help him and with what? Um, okay. I think this is about Ketswain, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Uh, why don't you chime in first? Um, I think that Rand has all of these ideas but what he wants and what things are supposed to be. Yeah. And he believes these things because he's done his own research about um, the prophecies of the dragon and things like that. And I think that having an advisor that he doesn't take the advice all the time, which is, you know, what Cad Swain said in a not so great way, but like, you don't have to take my advice all the time, but having that person to bounce off ideas, <laughs> like, hey, what do you think of this tweet? Too much? Eh, maybe too much. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's having that different perspective in the room that isn't yours, but that has the same end goal. And I do truly believe that that's that Cad Swain is doing her best to try and save the world in a, in, a, in a sense, right? Yeah. And so is Rand. But they're coming at it from like very different ways. And so the role of the advisor would be just a bouncing board, uh, basically. To, to to have your ideas put out there and and said and have someone ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. Ask the how, ask the what's more important. Because right now it's just Rand and it's it's only him making the decisions that he thinks is best. And sometimes that's not always that that's not the best way to go about things, right? There are so many big companies that are a bunch of people who come together to yeah. make very important decisions. And when it's like the safety of the world, mm-hmm. um, I think that becomes even more valuable. Um, and so I think that that would be what Cad Swain would bring to the to the picture um, in a way that would be great, but nobody communicates in the Wheel of Time, so... I <laughs> disagree with you okay. a little bit here. I think that Cad Swain should be having a very active role in the conversation around what Rand should be doing after she has set herself up in his eyes as a trustworthy person. Mm. I think that if you want to advise someone, you start by convincing them that your advice is worthwhile. And my problem with Ketswain is that she never did that. She came in with bluster. She came in with words. She came in with a bunch of strong bullshit. And she came in laughably, in my opinion. I think that Ketswain acts like an absolute ass. She is so... She's so confident... And so unkind at the same time that it is unsurprising to me that Randall Thor does not tell her anything. Mm -hmm. And if you want to advise someone, they have to listen to your advice. And the way that you do that is by showing mutual respect. And I think that Cad Swain, uh, Cad Swain came in hot 
and did herself a massive disservice. And I, I, I think that if you want to, if you want to give advice, you have to start by convincing the other person that you're worth listening to, mm-hmm. not by giving advice first. And Cad Swain has this I moment mean, with Balwer did it. What? Balwer did it. Balwer walked up respectfully, and yes. he he told Perrin and Fayil what he was capable of. He demonstrated that he was capable of that, mm-hmm. and he continued to do that. Mm-hmm. Balwer Balwer did exactly what Cad Swain should have done. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they trust Balwer now. Maybe they shouldn't, but they do because he showed up, said what he was good at, said, hey, like, this is what I want to do with you. L- let me go into town and find some information out, share it with you when it is right. When you when you realize that what the information I gave you is right. Because the reason why file we, we see it from her perspective. She's like, uh, I sent my own other spies because I didn't know that I could trust him, but everything he said has worked out. Mm-hmm. So he's clearly passing off good information to me. Yeah. I'm going to trust him now. That is sure. literally how you do it. Yeah. Like, Balwer could give Cat Swain lessons on earning trust. Yeah. And that that is step one of an advisor. I think that what Cat Swain is doing now would be the right thing to be doing. Telling Rand what he needs to know. Um, telling him when he's wrong. Telling him when he's being disrespectful. You can do those things after that person trusts you and sees you as a mentor. Mm-hmm. But she didn't do step one. She skipped it to step two mm-hmm. and is suffering because of it. She doesn't know where Rand is. She is not in the loop. She is not someone... He hides from her when he's in danger. Mm-hmm. That's her fault. That's not Rand's fault. He offered her the olive branch and she responded by trying to manipulate him with information about Kalendor. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's her choice. And so she's not behaving like an advisor. But she's bullying Rand. Because she thinks she's smarter. And th- th- yeah, that it, it, he is behaving the way that he should be considering the way she's behaved. And if she had just come in differently, I think they could have worked together. Yeah. But she, she made the choice to come in and call him boy and do what she did. And it's her fault that he's flying around the world with men and not telling her what's up. Yeah. And she had the opportunity. He, he extended the olive branch and she batted it away like an asshole. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, Ken Swain, I, I don't know what you expected. You behaved like an intolerant grandmother smacking a 10-year-old for mm-hmm. reaching into the candy jar. And that that wasn't the situation. That wasn't what was happening. And yeah, the, the world might pay for your, for your abrasive attitude. Yeah, I'm sure we will find out. <laughs> I don't know. Are, are you surprised that considering her behavior, Ken Swain is not on the inner circle? Like, No, no. Uh, no, and I, I told, like, when we talked about that interaction, I agreed with you. No, I, yeah, no, I know. I just, yeah. I, it's weird because people keep being like, well, no, but Ken Swain's right. And I'm like, but it's, it's not about being right here. It's no, about, no, it's about earning how. trust. It's about, yeah, 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 it's about camaraderie. Yeah. You have to, you have to work together. You can't work more, from one perspective. Yeah. When there, when it's the fate of the world that's at stake, then mm-hmm. it, it matters, right? It's not like a, like, beauty pageant or something, like, stupid and frivolous, right? Like, Sure, people catty and rude to each other and whatever it is. But, like, when when the stakes actually, like, matter, um, then ego has to be set aside. Yeah. Uh, Heshuviller says, where do you think Arangar and Osangar are? And what are their purposes, objectives? Um, They're in that room with Halima Demidred is and... one of them. Yes, yes. Halima is one of them. I don't know where the other one is. Me neither. Yeah. I'm worried he's in the Black Tower. Uh, oh, okay. 
Okay, um, yeah, Like, yeah. maybe one of those two shitty commanders that, like, betrayed Rant. No, probably not that. They w- He would have been oh. more sly. But I think he might be in the Black Tower. That's that's my guess. Okay, yeah. No, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Functionally Anonymous says, since you did your character tier list, which character has risen the most? Egwene. Uh, and which has dropped it, in your opinion, the most? Uh, Egwene has risen the most, because I had her in F tier. Yeah. Yeah. At, well, at the point that we made those lists, yeah. yes, for sure. Which um, I think is a good sign of, like, the people who are like, oh, like, you've completely dismissed Ted Swain. I have not. I have Cad Swain in F tier right now, but Egwene is currently in not S tier, but A tier for me. And she was in F tier. And so like that that's yeah. my point is like, you know, my Cad Swain sucks shirt. I might burn it at the end of the series. I might be like, no, this is such a lie, it has to be burned in a fire. Okay. Well we'll see then. We'll see. Uh Fayel has fallen the most for me. Yeah. Yeah. And Berlaine. I don't remember oh, where I put Berlaine, but Berlaine remember- is in like I don't remember where I put her either. She's fucking terrible. Wheel of Time fan edit says, you say that Rand has never taken a military loss. In what other ways do you think Rand has lost, if any? Um, I, I stand by he has not taken a military loss. Yeah, he's never walked away like the loser. Yeah. He has lost things, but... People the, have died, but like that's... But that's kind of just yeah. war, so... Um, I mean, he's lost trust, I think, but we don't know because yeah. we, we, we never saw those characters again. Well, no, and it goes to what Ketsuin and Soralia were talking about. Rand has lost the, like, humanity a little bit in himself. Um, and But, but the, the problem with that mm-hmm. is that, yes, kind of, but we follow up his fight with the Sanchin with his interaction with Min... Which is Which then so is their human. Very, yeah. And no, so, you're right. and like, they have sex. Like, he. And it's only like sometimes. It's it's tough because I keep, uh, like, I was like, how could he get any sadder? And then he shows up to Min and he's kind of okay. Yeah, he's fine. He's way better than he should be in that interaction, given what just happened. And so I, I, I don't really know. Like, I feel like his losses. Like, he's lost some of the um, maidens of the spear. Yeah, and he's he knows lost all of people, their names. And he's also, I think, lost perspective somehow. But that, that's not really, like, that's not like a physical thing you lose. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. Because sometimes it, it really does feel like he's not there yeah. in the books. Mm-hmm. And so it's tough because, like, you know, we're, we've read 14 chapters of Winter's Heart, and he's in two of them. Uh-huh. And he is ostensibly the main character of the series, and he's in two chapters of the books in the first half of this book and the prologue he's he's got a short section there so like i sometimes i feel like i don't even know what's going on with him he just kind of like shows up to do things and leaves and we don't really get the like fallout of his actions very much anymore and i don't know i I, I, yeah does that make sense yeah for sure yeah um hal says there were a lot of continued next book moments at the end of path of daggers which of these storylines you're looking forward to and which you hope will wrap up quickly uh, we've said the Shido. Yeah, I think like we've answered that. Them. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one I'm looking forward to, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> At the end of Path of Daggers, not really anyway. Oh, the, well, wait, no, was that, that was the beginning. Okay, what they, what they teased at the end of Path of Daggers with the White Tower. Yeah. Please get to that. To the fight, yeah, yeah. Please get to that. We, it's been, it's been. Yeah, get please get the there. the the Saladar girls leave or w- women I should say women, um, but the Saladar women leaving Saladar to go fight the White Tower feels like it has gone on for so long, 
and they can travel. And like Rand has like Rand has fought in like four different countries since yeah. they started their walk across the country. And like I get it to get to the moment where Gwen actually takes over and like starts the war council, but the oh my god the the plot of this the the white tower is yeah, like that's the biggest one it's almost sure. as bad as the the shido still being around is like yeah. let's just end one thing please yeah snip something you know what i don't have a specific one rob jordan snip one thread just end one storyline at by the end of this book please mm-hmm. just one just just any of them pick one mm-hmm. there you have 85 just just tell me who fucking killed Asmodian, and i will like love you forever it's never gonna happen oh my god brandon <laughs> sanderson i'm excited for who killed Asmodian. yeah thanks hilarios says if you woke up in randland three thousand years from now with your current memories and with the same powers as the forsaken have what is the first thing you would do and what would be your life goal like i have the memories of reading the book and i'm in the book I would travel and I would gather everyone and I'd be like, this is the plot. Halima is Arangar. I don't understand. 3,000 years from now, like from Tarmangadin. The problem is we haven't gotten to Tarmangadin yet. So I don't know what the world could potentially be like 3,000 years from now. I mean, I I, I would be a man who can channel, so I'd have to like fight the ice and I. (laughs) Well, no, they might cure the taint. We don't know yet. No, but 3,000 years from now is, like, the beginning of the series. Like, if we, like, teleported to the beginning of the series, but with our knowledge of the series thus far. Oh, because it's a sci- this is a sci-fi yeah, 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 and not yeah, a fantasy. Yeah. Uh, maybe. So, Halima. Bad. Very bad. Here's the thing, y'all. I'm not a good person. Um, I would start killing people secretly really fast. Why? To save people. Patton Fane, oh, dead. Like you would um, go. Like if if you teleported me to like a week before the book started, I'm going in there hot and like Patton Fane, you're done. Yeah, before uh, he gets the dagger. Like Raven, I would like I, I oh yeah yeah I would be popping in and out of scenes just like cutting people's heads off. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're fighting the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're literally no, no fighting fuck around. the devil. Yeah. I don't have time to chase the Shido across Franland. Yeah, yeah. I'm going, I'm popping into the Sanchen land. Kill Kuladin oh, before I'm just, he can even, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, t- I am like stopping fall. I'm like literally wrecking the ships in the middle of the ocean. Like, I'm grabbing that bowl of winds and I'm making it so that when the Sanchen try and cross the water, there is just nothing but storms. They get turned back. You know what I mean? Like that I would immediately, mm-hmm. we're fighting the devil. Mm-hmm. You gotta go hardcore. Yeah. Cause you're not hardcore unless you live. And hardcore. so, yeah, I, I would be a terrible person. I would destroy my soul. I, you know, so, someone brought up um, the great Gatsby. They were talking about my take on Rainland. And they're saying, um, but like not all protagonists, because I said like, when you write a protagonist, you're writing about what you think is good, which is a fair criticism of me. I was saying in stories where like the, the bad guys are evil, then the good guys are good guys, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not all stories obviously have a protagonist that is a good person. And they were like, what about the Great Gatsby? And I was like, well, Great Gatsby is a cautionary tale about a man and obsession. And he, he, he dies in a, sorry for a spoiler for the Great Gatsby, I think 85 year old book. He dies in a pool at the end because of his own issues right like it's a cautionary tale saying like this is not the kind of person that you want to be yeah, yeah. um 
I would become that. If I knew that I was fighting the devil and I knew who the bad guys were, I would go kill them. Mm -hmm. Because my soul, even if I like believed in hell and I thought that I was spending eternity in damnation, if you told me that I could go stop the suffering of a million people and the cost would be my soul, I would go, I would give my soul for the suffering of a million people in yes, a heartbeat. That makes you a terrible person. Well, but, but, but like I would have to kill people and I would acknowledge like I would kill people. Yeah. In order to do that. But like, yeah, if, if I, if you told me that like the, the, the events of these books are going to happen, Patton Fane is dead before it even begins. Right. Like mm-hmm. Demandred, all of the Forsaken, I would just go fight people. Yeah. 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 Do you have a different take? Mm, no, I think that's fair. All right. <laughs> What's up, guys? We're back. We just picked up our badges real quick because the window was closing um, yeah. for Game of Thrones Con. We have to wear two bracelets and a badge all weekend because Game of Thrones Con makes sense. All right, we're back with this question <laughs> from Hishuvalar. Do you think we'll get any male or sea folk, male Aiel or sea folk channelers in the Black Tower or fleeing Sanchen men? Ooh, that's a good question. I hadn't even thought about it because I, I thought the franchise, I thought the series would be over faster. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> we have not really, like, interacted with almost any male sea folk. So no... True. No sea folk, mm-hmm. but potentially Aiel. Um, Knowing Robert Jordan, that will be the main plot of, like, the next book. So, I like, maybe. Uh, but plot. It, I don't think it would be someone that we already know. No. But, th- yeah, it's possible. I think the more likely one is Aiel than uh, sea folk or Black Tower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Black Tower. But, oh, but Sanchen men. No, because I feel like Sanchen, I feel like no one who comes across the sea from the Sanchen in like the advanced party is going to be old enough to not have been caught. Well, that's the thing, right? Because yeah. they just, they just kill the male channelers. I think Aiel maybe, I, I don't know if Rand would send anyone to the Black Tower anymore though. I, I like, I don't know how much longer the Black Tower lasts. Oh yeah. As, as like working with Rand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Luck asks, are you tired of the maybe continued in the next book thing? Yes. yes. It's why I think I think us being tired with it is why people are tired with us. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. 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 Thanks for asking. But yeah. <laughs> that was a how you doing question. Mm-hmm. And the answer, eh, we're okay. We're, we're yeah. It's, it's going to be fine. Sing Sea Sting 777 says, question. Tovain mentions having been forced into decades of exile and hard labor for something the Reds did 20 years ago, mm. while Aleda managed to sidestep punishment. To what do you think she is referring? 20 years ago was the Aiel War. Yeah. I wonder if it... I I don't know. I wonder if it has something to do with um, Tigraine? I can't imagine that it it would. Because Tigraine didn't make it back across the wall, right? And I don't think I said I went into the threefold land. Yeah, no, I definitely think it has something to do with the Aiel crossing the waste, like that whole shenanigans, but I I don't know. I think it is ultimately going to come down to the tree. And I don't know what it is yet, but the the big hanging question about the Aiel war that has never been answered and that I thought just wasn't going to be important enough, but this question makes me definitely think that it might be, why um, the tree was cut down. Yeah. Like why? Like what what, what happened with Avendasora? 
Yeah. Right? And so I think that it will tie into that maybe. I honestly, yeah, I could see that. I really like that. Yeah, just enough of the characters who are important to us but are older are tied into that event in some way. Mm. Something happened 20 years ago, and I think that we will get that answer. Yeah. Whether it's from, like, the Eilfin Eilfin or from another kind of Ruidian experience. or I would love another Ruidian. Like, the... I, I would love to have some more of that fantasy stuff in these books. Mm. I've been missing that from the last couple. We've gotten really into, like, the human stuff, which, you know, obviously that's the, what the center of all these are. But, like, we lost, like, Loyal and the o- Ogier perspective in these last few books. Yeah. Um, Other than um, the fact that, uh, the well, in Winter's Heart, to skip ahead, but the the fact that uh, there are Ogier warriors on the Sanchin ship, which is wild. Um, are they warriors? Oh, I don't know if they're warriors. They might be not warrior i don't know tuan just brings ogier with her wherever she goes i don't know i don't, I don't know what their purpose is but um that? yeah it likes to just go to sleep okay i hope it keeps working um yeah no i i i do think it's gonna have something to do with amandasora so yeah i like that yeah mm-hmm. um felix ketchup saipel saipel zero zero says if you were one of the forsaken what would your plan be to stop rand and the light Oh, wow. I mean, I would just be doing so much worse than they are. Yeah. I feel like they're being, like, super nice. Which is crazy, considering the things they're doing are awful. But I'm like, you guys have, like, magical powers. Like, you could poison cities really easily. There's just a lot of things that I feel like the ability to travel, you could just poison water supplies and I don't think, like, mass murder of, like, civilians really matters, though, right? If there's no people left to rule over, then, like... Mm. No, but, like, I'm not saying that you kill everyone, but I'm saying, like, poison the water spy in Kyrian. If, if overnight you poison the water spy in Kyrian, Ilian, and Camelon, and the, every single kingdom that the Dragon Reborn holds... Here's the thing. What they're not doing enough, in my opinion, is sowing the discord of people's predetermined hatred of the dragon reborn Mm -hmm. and like if i was the forsaken i would be setting up everything to make it seem like everywhere he goes the land dies Mm. so that the people turn on him so no one wants to work with him because the every major city he holds is uh the water supply is poisoned Mm -hmm. as as if he is a cancer on the land Mm -hmm. so that there is no question in any of their eyes hearts or minds that he is bad where he is. Yeah. And I would I would just have everybody turn on him by anywhere I hear he's in charge. I would just poison the water supply. I would fallow, I would salt the earth of the fields. And not in the place that he isn't. Only where he is, right? Yeah. And kind of like drive him away from any sort of support. Yeah. And that I feel like they've they've been so like even Samael's like the behind the scenes guy, but they've been so upfront about how they fight him. And, like, there's so many ways that you could just, because they can travel and because they know all these technologies that, like, no one else would know, you could do things that that no one would even be able to tie back to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I <clears> don't, <throat> I, see, I'm really bad at, like, chess. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I would be, like, good at this kind of thing. Like, I. Fair. I, yeah. I'm not very good at, like, like, I like, like, strategic video games, but in terms of, like, what that means for like real life, I don't. I don't think that's my strong suit. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like my brain doesn't really work well that way. Mhm. Yeah, but that's just me. No, that's fair. Yeah. 
if I was if I was Morden when I or not Morden who's Demandred who mm. sent the Shido around yeah I would have dropped them in the middle of Camelin just oh, just unleash them as a nightmare on Camelin yeah right just like make it just make it as like more chaotic it's it's weirdly like sometimes I'm almost like they're weirdly just kind of like sitting back well I also like wonder like what they're allowed to do you know they're not really they can like plot and scheme mm-hmm. but they can't overstep right yeah and, and i think that that's part of the reason why it's tough because we don't really know what the rules are for them yeah um and so like if i were to do it i would want to do it my way and i don't know that the dark one would want me to do it my way mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah fair yeah th- i think like definitely like just making it so hard for him to be anywhere without people thinking that him being there is the problem would be my number one thing yeah that makes sense which makes me think like maybe i'm a bad maybe i'm evil <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm the problem. Father Jerusalem, we have two more questions. Father Jerusalem asks, if you, oh, no, wait, I just read that one. We have one more question. It's the final question. Ba-da-da-da. The final question. No, wait. No, there no. are two questions. I can't. I'm, guys, I'm so dyslexic. Father Jerusalem asks, if you were one of the Forsaken, would you go boxers, briefs, or free ball it? Uh, I'm a boxer brief guy. I like my MeUndies. We are not sponsored by MeUndies yet. One day. But uh, I do. I wear MeUndies every day. Um, mm-hmm. I replaced all of my underwear with MeUndies. This is the freest ad you'll ever get. But it's also just 100% true. I think MeUndies are the best underwear in the world. Um, I don't know what micromodal fabric is, but it feels good on my taint so that I don't feel the dark one's taint. Wow. That's... What a, what a plug. That's the kind of ad that you could get if you gave us money. MeUndies. Yeah. Someone send this to MeUndies. Um, I, I... Please don't actually send that to MeUndies. Just in case <laughs> our... Why not? It's great advertisement. All right. We'll see how that um, goes. I don't know because I, I don't know what it feels like to like have a penis. So I don't really know how those shapes would feel on my body. Um, okay. Fair. Boxers I, suck. I'm just going to tell you. Boxers yeah. Suck. Boxers are like loosey goosey. Like if you're just, if, if you, if, if, if you ride and dirty, like boxers are the way to go, I guess. But I think boxer briefs are the most flattering. If you are if you are in killer shape and your thighs don't rub too much when you walk, I think that you can get away with the briefs. But like for me, like if I wear briefs, my thighs chafe and I don't enjoy it. Partially it's because I walk in a slight turnout from growing up doing ballet. Yeah. And so like my, yeah, it's, it's not great. It's not good for my hips, but you know, ballet is not good for anyone long term. Yeah. It's the reason. You wouldn't free ball it? Ballerinas. Uh, I don't know, cause here's the thing. Like, if if I were a dude, like I don't know how big my balls would be and how like inconvenient this it would is such feel. Such a weird conversation. Well, I. If I were a dude, I don't know how big my balls would be. Was well, not a sentence I thought you would say in a full book recap. I just, I feel like that is valid <laughs> for this conversation. Sure. If I had like swangers, like I would want them, like. <laughs> I would want them to be contained because they would just piss me off. I'd be like, I can feel my balls. Like, why? I'm so glad I don't have... I would not describe my testicles as swangers. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I've never met a guy who's like, oh, man, I have small balls. You know what I mean? Like, you know, everyone's worried about the size of their penis. Yeah. But, like, the size of your balls really does... Like, I've never met someone who cares about that. Yeah, no. Because, like, why? Because, you know, you don't do a lot with them. Yeah. Maybe if you, like, getting, like, punched or kicked in them. But, like... I don't know if size really matters then, though. Yeah, right? Yeah, I don't and know. And honestly, the guys that like taking that kind of abuse 
pro- probably like also enjoy the like oh it's so small kind of shit so oh the more like humiliate yeah yeah maybe hmm. it would be weird to enjoy being like kicked in the balls but not enjoy humiliation like i don't know how those two things aren't like inherently hand in hand yeah fair enough but maybe i'm wrong if you have a human if you have a, a a cbt kink but no humiliation kink let us know yeah. I, I would love to know that that exists yeah interesting Last question. Yeah. Sorry, Tink Dinkle. <laughs> That's how we're leading into D- Tink Dinkle's question. Mm-hmm. Which we... I love this question. It's a really good last question. Great. Which Wheel of Time character would you want to play in D&D? What class features would they have? Ah. Uh, oh, man. It's... They're all... They, they would all be, like, really interesting. Although... Most of the channelers, I feel like, are similarly, I would say, like, honestly, wizards. Because you have to, like, learn the weave. You're a wizard, Harry. You don't just, like, like, there's no, like, well, actually, maybe, like, Moradin is, would technically be a warlock. Because the dark one is, like, the deity that gives him the ability to mm, use the I like truce. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in terms of our main characters, the people who can channel would be sorcerers, I would classify. Uh, Matt's the rogue. Um, and, um, uh, Perrin. That's interesting. Perrin, I guess, would be a druid. Would you call Padden Fane but a Hexblade warlock? really. Oh, my God. Yeah, sure. Uh, Perrin is, like, is, like, druid fighter, weirdly. Like, the whole, yeah. like, communicating mm-hmm. with animals feels very druid. Why but is that weird? I like ex- druid fighter for Perrin. No, 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 but I'm saying it's not, like, exclusive to being a druid. Um... Yeah, but but it's not like a ability to communicate with animals. It is he is genetically yeah, it's like an linked inherent... to animals, yeah. which just screams druid to me. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the other people can cast like talk with animals briefly, but he's he doesn't. It's not even that he can talk to wolves, right? It is that he like on a spiritual level is yeah. emotionally and intellectually and like metaphysically connected to them, yeah. which now, just doesn't feel like druids, a spell. Yeah, now now druids can cast. So, uh, obviously, that's the one bit that, like, doesn't work, really. Mm-hmm. Right, right? Like, that, th- there's there's not going to be, like, a perfect thing. Actually... All of the Two Rivers people are, like, multi-class no, no, no. rangers. No, yeah, he'd be, like, a ranger slash fighter or... Not paladin. He's not, like, a mm-hmm. religious... There's no religious idol involved. Hopper could be his god. Uh, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt um, is a rogue... Rand is. I think I would play Perrin. <laughs> I think I would play Perrin because it'd be the most interesting, like how to get that multi-class right to fit the character the most, and and I think that that would be the most interesting part for me. I would play Tom. I really like the idea of playing like a. Um, I thought he said like the main. It doesn't matter, but because Tom Allen's like a main character to me. Right. He's from book... He left Emmons Field with them. Fair enough. You know what I mean? He's had some sidetracks, but so has Matt and Perrin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I just like the idea of playing like a hardcore multi-class rogue bard. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Especially with his like... I, I just... I would find playing the like... If I had a really good DM who could do really good political scheming um, sessions, mm. I would find the like p- playing that really fun. Yeah. I just find Tom's place in the world. Tom Marilyn might and might act, like if I really sat down and thought, think about it, Tom Marilyn might be my favorite character in the series. Yeah. Maybe. Um, 
other than some of the Elaine stuff, but even that on his end was just his him being uncomfortable, which I can understand. Yeah. Um, trying to think. But yeah, I just, I, I would love to, I like playing bards. I, I would have fun with that. I'm trying to think if there's like a and d class, because I haven't played all of them and especially not all the way to level 20, that has predictive abilities like Min does. And the closest thing that I can think of is like the wish spell. Or actually, if you're a mm. cleric, if you're a cleric, you can, there's a thing where you can like ask your deity for an answer or a favor or something along those lines that I can't quite put my finger on. But yeah, Min's ability is a weird one for D&D because I don't exactly know how it would fit in. I, I don't think it would be an ability. Like, I don't think it would be a spell that she would cast. No, it no. It would just be a thing that the DM, it, it would be a like, it would be like, um, it would be like a level of, you, you would almost just have to say that like her character's in, uh, passive insight is, is so high. A 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that like, it, it would be a homebrew passive insight ability, not a... Mm, I like that. Because by making it a passive insight ability, the DM would be able to control what she sees and it as also, opposed to her rolling for something and it being good or bad well yeah and i was gonna say it has the ability to like fail right like um it doesn't really have the ability to fail though well, it's no, always true you, no no i don't mean it being true but i mean whether or not you see anything right you could if you like having it be um having it be linked to like wisdom the DM could, you know, if you're playing Min, like, oh, well, I look at this character. And sometimes Min doesn't see things, right? So the DM is like, but well, she, no, it doesn't. But she only doesn't see things if that person's life isn't interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess so. And so I, I, I think that it would be more like, it would be a mechanic that the DM would then be able to use for storytelling rather than it be, because I, I don't think it ever helps them. Uh, Min has never, I as far as I can remember, Min has never seen something that changed well actually no for, for Rand's political scheming whatnot it has but uh, outside of that it's not like they've ever been in a situation where Min was like oh that's what that aura meant and they've gotten out of the situation because of it it's always just sort of been a harbinger of well yeah because that would be more like deus ex machina feeling yes. which i thought is what it was going to be when it was first introduced but, yeah, but it's never it's leaned not it's more it's more just flavor and yeah. and i think that that's cool actually i really like how it's utilized but that's yeah it's a really cool question yeah Mm -hmm. uh do you want to give your high low of the book oh man uh, my uh for those of you who don't know let, yeah. let's let me quickly set it up uh we do high low here uh what that means is that uh my kitchen table when i was a kid at dinner my family would sit around and we would do high and low which was we would celebrate our highs and we would uh commiserate over our lows because that brought us closer together uh and as we trudge through the slog together we're trying to stay close with you all uh and so uh, mm. she's going to give her high. I'm going to do my low, then her low, then my high, so that we compliment sandwich this beach. Clarus, what is your high for the entirety of the Path of Daggers? Well, I think actually because of one of the questions in the in the ch that we answered. What would we do without you, chat? I truly, I think that my high might be the unweaving of the weaves mm, um and like mm -hmm. what that added to the story for me um uh was really cool and and it tied in with the bowl of the wind stuff which i think was the stronger part of the book as well so well sure. well well done there yeah what's your low uh pages 300 wow, wow, <laughs> no wow. i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm i'm being an ass um my low of the book 
It's actually kind of tough. Um, it is tough. I, I think my low of the book is the drastic, like, drop in um, drive from the first half to the second half. Mm. I think that Path of Daggers was one where, because I, I didn't love Crown of Swords. I thought that, like, the alien thing at the end was sort of, like, Oh. tacked right on to yeah. the end of crown of swords mm -hmm. and so i was going into path of daggers a little bit nervous because you know the, everyone said this log starts with seven right and so i i i thought crown of swords was a good book but i didn't love it as much as the first six mm -hmm. and so i was going into path of daggers worried and then i felt like the first half of path of daggers was this like was it, it was everything i it, it was the opposite of everything i was worried about and I just felt like we were like shot out of a cannon with the bowl of the winds and the unweaving and, and the battle with the Sanchin. And I, I just I was really into the first half of that book. And then yeah. after the Sanchin moment, from there to the end, it just, it was, it was, it was like we had just started something else and it lost it for me. And so that, that was really my low was just that, that feeling of like being really invested in the first two weeks of reading mm -hmm. and then feeling just completely uninterested in the rest of it. Yeah. Even so that like the Ashman attacked Rand and that I, I, I really wish that had been like this really cool moment, but it just, it, I was, I was still so, I, I was like, oh no, there's things that have to be dealt with before we can move on to a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. And there was like, oh no, we're just doing a whole other thing again. And that's kind of what this book felt like is that every time I felt like we were almost down a path, rather than go down that path, we looked around a tree and just started to try and find another path. Mm -hmm. um, and that feeling uh, has really stuck with me since. And I think that it's, I, I understand that it's been noticeable in the way we've been discussing these books um, ever since that like third um, reading of this book. But um, that's just how I feel right now. And I'm, I'm excited because I know that we're going to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Um, and that's important. What's your low? My low is the very end. When it's really? like, yeah, when they're like, oh, and then the White Tower, and some people talked about that. It's mm. crazy times. And I, we still don't know what the fuck is going on there. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be Fayol and the, the parent Fayol. Yeah, thing. I mean, that is definitely a low within the whole series for me but okay. it's one that I just feel like I've already talked about and I feel like people are like upset with me because I'm saying like people can't be different in that sense and and like just because it's a cultural thing and how you're raised doesn't like mean that it's okay I agree <laughs> like his parent is uncomfortable mistreating his wife and it's like oh but like Fayil wants to be mistreated yes. and I'm like and that makes it better oh okay and I just yeah I don't like it I think that we could have talked about unlearning um like generational behaviors and what's acceptable yeah. and we're not doing that so I was like whatever I've talked about that one before but yeah ending the book in such a way where it's like yeah some stuff happened. You're well, like, and the stuff that happened is, and the White Tower was, the and the the people came and they beat back Aleda, and like that's not what happened. And so it's just like this weird, like why that final chapter is such very a, weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Very weird to me. I really was, don't like yeah. that. That was the final note. But the, yeah. that chapter being like the the war happened at the White Tower, and then we know from the prologue that it didn't, is mm -hmm. so strange. Mm -hmm. 
It's so, yeah, I, yeah. I don't get it. What's your high? Um, that's also tough, but, um, it's because the first half of this book had like really, really wonderful things. Yeah. Right. With, um, uh, so, so much of it, the, the escape, the, the kinswoman's farm, meeting Elise, her and Nynaeve. I actually really like Nynaeve, um, meeting Elise and kind of, I'm, I'm really hoping that Elise shows Nynaeve the things about her that she doesn't like. I, I'm hoping that Nynaeve eventually will see that mirror and be like, oh my God, this is how people see me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm waiting for that. But uh, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Avienda Elaine Nynaeve um, team up. No, no, sorry. Uh, Avienda Brigitte uh, Elaine, Elaine yeah. team up. Um, Nynaeve is ridden away with everyone. The kinswomen are over the hill. And you just have these three women. It's it's tied to the unweaving, but the the oh. high isn't the unweaving. It is those three women really genuinely whole, like being like, all right, we might all die together here, but we're gonna like link arms and face that together. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not surprising that since that moment, the Elaine storyline I think has been my favorite, um, and I'm I'm really enjoying that more than a lot of the other stuff that's going on. But uh, that that moment was the start of that for me, just because I think that Robert Jordan wrote those three's relationship in a way that, um, particularly in that moment, it just was really beautiful, and I I loved it a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't even know if I talked about it that way when we first talked about it. It's interesting, right? It's one of those things where, like, because it's been um, three weeks since we finished the book, Mm -hmm. looking back on it, because we usually look back on it right after reading it yeah this time having a little bit more time away from it a little bit more perspective has shown me the things that i love about it in a different way mm-hmm. um and it's also colored the things i dislike in in, in their own ways right but um really just uh elaine uh, avienda and Nynaeve or and um brigitte's relationship especially going into like the prologue of winter's heart yeah yep you know like thousand percent. That, that relationship is so cool and i love it and um i'm just curious where it's going to keep going from here yeah yeah totally yeah like um, that. all right, before we get out of here, it's time to tell you the, about Billy Zane. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were at LA Comic Con last weekend, um, and this Walking video happened. Yeah. Oh, here you go. This video happened. And, uh, yeah, so what happened was we were walking and we saw Billy Zane. Yeah, just randomly. Like, we were walking through, every, we go through every aisle, right? And dude was like, this Billy Zane. <laughs> yeah. What? I was like, oh, guys, it's like Sean Mayo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and he, so, you know, it, it's a con. So he was charging for like autographs and selfies and stuff. And I was like, do, I went up to his, the, I don't want to say handler in a bad way, but that's. No, that's the, that's His the, handler. Yeah. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to ask him first, right? Because he was talking with someone and I, I so I went up to his handler. And I was like, hey, do you think that if I paid the like selfie price, Billy Zane would do a TikTok with me? And she was like, um, I don't know. But you should ask him, right? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's up to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We don't have, like, a video price, like, anything like that. And so I turned to him, and I was like, he finished his conversation with the other person, and I was like, hi. And he was like, hello. And I was like, so here's the thing. We do a Wheel of Time book club, mm-hmm. and we loved The Winter Dragon so much. We watched it. We have a whole thing about it on YouTube. We would, re- you, and I think my first question was like, do you remember working on it? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the reason that they kept the rights for so long. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, my God, okay. Yeah, no, he remembered. Yeah, and I was like, so would you do a TikTok with me um, where I'm, like, 
oh, Ish, uh, Ileana. And then you come in and you're like, I win again, Lucetherin. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Lucetherin, that was the name. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. He doesn't remember everything. And he was like, yeah. Why would you? But no, but here's, and here's the thing, right? Like I, I've met a lot of celebrities. I've worked on a lot of TV and film sets. I've been in the industry for a long time. I've met the most famous people in the world. And I, I've been very lucky. And there are people who are, if you bring up the thing that didn't work, even if you love it, they are, they, they are upset that it didn't work or whatever. They have whatever feeling about it. They have their own baggage around it. Yeah. And Mm. for him to go, you know what? I enjoyed making that. And it's such a fun idea. Yeah, of course I will do this video with you. (laughs) That, because he was like, that sounds like a really funny idea. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, oh oh shit, Billy Zane's really cool. And so um, we we didn't film it that day. We filmed it. We came back the next day. We got cash. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm happy to pay the price, right? Like I, I understand what con is. I understand how I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be like, well, would you do it for free? Because it's funny. That's not, as an actor, I would never do that. And I just was so, I was, I was a very, and I had a, a lot of admiration for him because we brought up this thing that like was was a big flop. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was never meant to be good. I think. Like, but he, they tried to kind of hide it, you know. But his reaction to us being excited about it was excitement, and you don't always see that from people. And it, I was like, oh, oh shit. And then also we we shot a take, and he was like, I need another take at that. And I was like... He's like, I'm going to come closer. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and he like, you know, we, we like did a second take because he wanted it to be good. And I, I don't know that that meant anything to him other than like he was having fun. Mm-hmm. But it meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really cool. And he was really cool. And uh, yeah. He, oh, he, oh, he also was like, oh, do you guys like the show? And we were like, yeah, we're yeah. into it. And he was like, yeah, me too. So like, I think Billy Zane is watching The Wheel of Time. Which yeah. is cool. I mean, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I can't say I like know him well, so I don't know what his tastes in like shows and movies and stuff are, but it, yeah, it's cool that like he was, like he's like, oh yeah, the show, like he, he just kind of like knew what was going on, you know, some actors will take a job and, and it's just the, the job, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not about, um, like there's not much like behind it, but it, yeah, he was really cool. I was just surprised. Yeah. I, yeah. He, yeah, I was surprised. He was genuinely, and and we saw him interact with a, a few other people, mm-hmm. um, people in front of us, and uh, both days, and you know we were waiting our turn to talk to him, and I just he was just really like, some people at con are like sign, thanks so much, it's nice to meet you, and walk away, and he was just like, hey, like really engaging with people, and I was mm. like, damn. If I ever get really famous, I got to be like Billy Zane. Yeah, yeah. And I never would have thought I would say that because he plays really intense people. And he's so good at intensity on screen. Mm-hmm. And he's like a little scary. Um, but in person, man, I was like, dude, you're cool. Yeah, it was rad. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. just, I wanted, I wanted to tell the story of it because like I wanted to, you know, blow smoke up his ass. <laughs> no, it's nice. You know, it's supposed to being like... Yeah, he was so good in a thing. It's like, no, like, I met him, and he mm-hmm. was just down to, to, to make this happen, and that's cool. You know? And he was just kind and really very, very warm. And I, you know, Comic-Con can be a tough place for celebrities. It's a lot. It can be very transactional. Mm-hmm. And people like him who are able to make that five minutes that you spend talking with them, or even less, feel like a real interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and, and, and that they, that they're there with you when you're talking to them, mm-hmm. that, that's a skill. It's tough. Yeah. Totally. And he's really good at it. Cause I was like, are we friends? And I know we're not, but like he was so just vivacious with me Yeah. that I was like, I think Billy Zane and I just became best friends. And we <laughs> we just become best I, friends. I, I'm aware we didn't. No, no, no. It's but just it a just... commentary on his warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was really nice. He was a good, he was, it was, it was cool. Cool experience for sure. Yeah. And I, I just, I loved his face when we were like, do we have time? And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. let me, um, rem- yeah. Remember that. Oh, you, boy. you don't want to talk about the Titanic or the Phantom or, we're at Comic-Con, it's the, I was in a superhero thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's probably like, wow, no one else has brought that up. All right, uh, before we do some Smut Corner, we want to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Audible. I'm sure Billy Zane has read an audiobook, so go find that one, because uh, I like the guy. And uh, I, you know, want him to succeed now that I've met him and he was really cool to me. I'm like that with celebrities. If I meet you and I really, and you're like, cool, I'm like very like, invested in your that, career from yeah, now on. Yeah, let's go. Like, how are we getting Billy Zane in the Wheel of Time TV show? Uh, if you want to follow us around the internet, I'm at Nerdy Nightly. I'm at Clars Polaris. Oh, that was audibletrial.com slash Nerdy Nightly. Uh, and if you don't want to follow us around the internet, uh, do it anyway. Because, you know, yeah. like and subscribe to the channel. Hit the dislike button. Why not? Leave me in comments down below because the algorithm goddess is hungry. We must feed her. And this episode, that goddess is Billy Zane. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Clarus, add some smut into the book. Um, Path of Daggers. I really think it was a missed opportunity for Robert Jordan to, like, um, not have the the Windfinder and Ilil like, absolutely just go into town when Rand broke into the room. Um, <laughs> They're just, like, full-on 69. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, I thought I heard something. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> missed opportunity, Robert Jordan. Come on. You, don't leave that to the imagination. I want to know. Can you show me? Um, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Hmm. Where would I... You know You know what? If I if I was going to add a sex scene to this and I was making the show and I could have, like, a real sex scene, I would have the, um, what are they What are the Rockin' Riders? I would... Oh, in the... my version of The Wheel of Time, there would be a sex scene where two Rockin' Riders are rocking up in the sky. You know oh what I mean? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the one sex scene I always wanted from Game of Thrones was Kit... Uh, was, uh, not Kit, but uh, Jon Snow and uh, Daenerys, Daenerys having sex dragon. on the back of a dragon. Oh, my God. That just feels dangerous. That's like... what makes it incredible. I don't know. It's like that. the Mile High Club times a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. We're rocking on the rockin'. Oh and that's God. the end of the podcast, guys. We will be back next week. We're doing the third chunk of Winter's Heart. I don't know what the chapters are. They're posted places. Go yeah. read them there. Um, and uh, I'm very excited because Matt's back. So we're going to go catch up with Matt in Ebudar and see uh, what he's been up to for the last, I don't know how long it's been. Hell yeah. But, you know, a book and a bit. A book and a half. He was gone. Yeah. Our boy. Yeah. Our boy, Matt. We'll see you guys Friday. We'll be back home. And, um, oh, we will. Yeah, it'll be fun. Oh, my gosh. Remember Toronto? I do. Yeah. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>